you can do a lot of this stuff that most will not do. So you might as well just try it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? It either works or it doesn't work. Hey guys, this is Ruben Langdon, aka Dante from Devil May Cry, aka Ken Masters from Street Fighter, and also Chris Redfield from the Resident Evil series. And you are listening to the Casanova Podcast, the number one podcast in Hawaii. Jackpot. Well, I'm always nervous when I do this. I need to get over that. <laughs> been doing this too long to be Mom, nervous, but it is you, what it is. You've interviewed too many people. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's actually, that's a skill in that's a skill in itself that people I haven't done. Don't know if I have it. That's something in itself, interviewing people. Yeah. All right. So what's up, everybody? It's Mikhail Casanova back at you with another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova podcast and crossover podcast with decked up tech and gaming podcast. So I figured, why not? This is one episode that'll go on both platforms, but we're here. Good friend of the show, the man who got me into podcasting, the one, <laughs> the only Cameron, a.k.a. Car Quicks. What's good, man? Hey, what's up, man? I didn't. Get, well, you know, I kind of did get you. Into you it. did. I, get me. <laughs> I was the one that was like, yo, we need to do this now. And, then, yo. and everybody was like, OK, let's let's we'll start. Right. Back when we had buses in our background. We had no. Yo, it was it was rough. OK, rough. There was oh. no there was no we were doing one. Oh, uh, we doing like one Yeti mic just in between us. Yeah, we were. And then, like every time we record something, there's the bus right there. Aloha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> disgusting, yo. That art. so I've heard some of that audio. People are listening to that now. And they're like, "What was happening?" But that was back <laughs> when. You know, it's funny because then podcasts at that time were actually all just running one mic. It was a lot of them doing one mic. It was only the really professional ones that were doing this. Everybody get a separate mic. But I remember hearing plenty of them one mic center of the table. They were Ooh. just talking i'm like so it wasn't like it was something new now now kind of unfortunately if you're trying to start a podcast you're almost beholden to the standards that are already set unless you got something either really compelling you're very funny or just some other type of thing that's drawing people in where they'll let you just get it off and say okay fine but now if something don't sound at least decent then i nobody's hearing it. i know because i listen to certain podcasts and as soon as the first person starts talking, I'm like, turn this off. No. <laughs> sound, sound like they're in the backyard. They're like, yo, it's hello. I'm like, no, no, no. Not doing this. Not doing oh, this. Yeah, I'm like literally going down memory lane on that, bro. We would like literally set up like the Blue Yeti on the freaking like brown bar stool. Yep. <laughs> just be like sitting there recording and like every three or four minutes there's a bus there's traffic yo that was that was something crazy. happening <laughs> i'm sure it's still it's just i'm just sure if you lived there it'd be the same way that that corner was just 
even you, I remember you would tell me living there, you'd be like, dude, like you trying to sleep at night, like you catching air, people leaving, coming back, going to Waikiki, driving, stop sign, people yelling at each other. It was just like, it's which is funny because people that don't live in Hawaii, like it sounds, it sounds crazy. It really, what it sounds like is like you're in the hood, but you're not, right? So people are like, Yo, where do you live at? I'm like, it's not, it's not like it's in the hood. It's just that you're in an area that's like, it's mad tourists. It's yeah. mad people around all day long. They never stop. If there's anything going on, like Halloween, party, New Year's Eve, I'm like, this whole entire section is just stacked all day long. Like, even park. I remember I'd come there and park, had to park, like, I'll bleed, like, yo, where'd you park? I'm like, I don't even know. A block, two blocks away. I don't <laughs> even know where I was at. I was like, it's not, it ain't near here. I'm like, if I found a spot close, it was like just the stars aligned. I'm like, oh snap, a spot's close. But <laughs> that's the thing; it's hard to describe it. And people here, they're like, "How is it that?" And I'm like, "Dude, it's mad people here." That's all I could tell you. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, okay. So for for the the audience that don't know, you know, Cameron got me into podcasting. We talked about podcasting. I feel like we talked about it for years before we actually did it. Oh yeah, we talk about it for a lot. I think, that's how every, I think that's how every podcast goes, right? Everybody talks about it for years before anybody does anything. Yeah, so like we, uh, we our original show is Tech Etc. You know, go back, you can listen to it. I'll throw a link in the description. Don't mind the audio. We were just, you know, that was a Honolulu disrespect on the audio with the buses and hey, everything. <laughs> I need to go. I still need. To, I need to go and trade. Still trademark or copyright that name. It still hasn't been used. It's still one of the best names for a tech show because we never actually we didn't we didn't pigeonhole ourselves into one thing we weren't like we're only talking games we're only talking xbox we're only talking apple or whatever it was because that was a thing i mean it kind of still is a thing now i listen to some podcasts i think there's a few tech ones i still listen to sometimes i don't know they don't they kind of go off on tangents where i'm just like all right i don't want to listen to this episode <laughs> in particular but no it's i mean that's i mean early early stages of it but i mean it's, this is what started it. And I, you started, you kept it going. I stopped. Then I started this YouTube channel because I've been talking to people about cars for way too many, too long. And then my wife was like, listen, just like start doing something with it because you, you do it too much. And I was like, all right, I'm going to start it. And I was like, because it's, I mean, it's the interesting thing about like, like what you do, YouTube, podcasting is that you got all these talk about go and do what you want to do. You know, don't, you know, don't worry about what people think. But but the funny thing is, whenever I hear conversations about starting channels and stuff, everybody makes it seem as if like, yeah, go do it, but it ain't going to work. <laughs> like, that's like the <laughs> underlining theme. They'll say, yeah, it's not like it used to be. I started and they'll have started a channel like in 2009 or eight or something like back when nobody was checking for anything. Even mm -hmm. I knew YouTube was there, but like I did not have the facilities for like recording like yeah. you really had to have a real camera you couldn't use your phone didn't have what? a computer like uploading it it wasn't like zoom was really around like that it wasn't like all this stuff was like sky it was not easy to do it so when you hear people when i when i was starting the channel i started going to like all these youtube places to talk about how you do the lighting how you do this how you start this off and one of the things that you would always hear would be like yeah you can start it man it's hard it ain't like it used to be 
I don't know if I would do it now. Or some people say, yeah, do it now. You could do it. So you would get like both sides of it. So I know when people are like looking at podcasts or starting doing what you've done, what I'm starting, most people just look at the mountain it is and be like, I'm not doing this. Like it's impossible. Everybody keeps comparing themselves to like insane channels like Mr. Beast or something. I'm like, why, why are we doing like, yeah, he has whatever the number is, 150 million subs. I'm like, all right, that's cool. You do know that there is between zero and 150 million, right? Like you have 10,000, 20, 30, 40, 100, you know, like whatever the number is, you have some type of, you can slice out an audience. It doesn't have to be, you get too caught up in like numbers of it, especially considering the point that now I've hear more channels talking about brands and companies and people actually now starting to care about what you're actually saying your personality, how you present information, what you do with it, the days of you just having raw numbers and it being enough to get any and everybody to come and listen. I've seen channels with like 10 million subs, their latest views, 500, <laughs> you know, like a thousand. I'm like, dang it, 10 million. So you only had a thousand people come. Now that might be because the bots they ain't pay for, but <laughs> that's another story. Like, you know, you didn't pay that bot bill. And they ain't come for the views, but yeah, that's kind of how, I mean, I started this, my channel just for that reason. It was just do something. You already talk about it. You're already doing it. There's nothing wrong with starting a channel. I don't get caught up in what everybody else is doing or this has already been done. I'm like, cause I said that to myself before. And then I've seen, and I'm sure you have too, a channel come behind you with similar ideas taking it and going you're like oh so i could have just i could have just did it already so it's the same thing here it's like do it now regardless of however it turns out somebody else is going to do it especially within like tech space games similar to like cars the automotive scene of youtube plenty of people say it's already been done everybody's doing everything right but there's always somebody else that shows up or another group of people show up and everybody kind of gravitates or brings them in with what they're listening to because that's what makes it what's funny is that they consider youtube not like how i view it i view it kind of like tv and movies like mm. you've seen an action movie you have seen a spy doing something in another country and yet them movies get produced all the time we have seen tv shows about i'm watching that one was idris elba the hijack i mean how many movies and tv shows have been about a plane being hijacked constantly and they're still making scripts for it. They're still writing it. We're still paying for it. We're still watching it. So the same thing holds true in YouTube. I'm like, if you're doing something about tech, if you're doing it about games, you're doing it about cars, you're doing it about houses, whatever it is. I'm like, yeah, there's somebody else doing it because there isn't anything brand new on the planet unless you're doing something that nobody's ever seen. And you may not even get an audience. You might just be the first person doing it. And I'm like, I mean, that's cool, but I'm not interested in that. That's why when people talk about like saturated things, I'm like, saturated isn't bad. It actually means it's working. Uh You know, I'm sure in Hawaii, how many barbecue spots are there? There's only one good barbecue spot. (laughs) (laughs) No, but same thing like in here in Texas, right? Plenty of them. There's only a few good ones, but the other ones are still making money. Now we might, you might ask yourself like how, but like they're still there. There's still there's still plate lunch spots. There's still sushi spots being built every day. I mean, 
you cannot do anything to sushi that has not already been done. I don't even know what you can possibly do. So I look at it the same way. I'm like, all right, we've already done this. Yeah, people have done it a hundred times, thousand times. So what? Like, I'm mm-hmm. going to do it. I'll add my own angle to it because I am who I am. Nobody is me. So even if you don't like it, I'm at least given the way I would do it. Mm-hmm. And then just run from it like that. Yeah, I mean, to me, people, like you said, like they 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 look at folks like Mr. Beast or MKBHD or Casey Neistat, and they're trying to copy that. And there's nothing wrong with like taking influence from, you know, something you like, but you can't model everything you do after that, because a lot of people, they don't they may just see, oh, I just see this person on the video and it looks all like super edited and all this other stuff, but not realizing yep. there's a team behind it. There's editors, videographers, you know, you Tell got this, all that stuff. And like too many people will get discouraged just by seeing that. And I'm like, no, nah, just start. That's, that's it. You'll find an audience. And you know, when people are like, mm-hmm. there's no opportunities now, I'm like, there's more opportunities. Now the floodgates got thrown open with the pandemic. Folks lost their job. Like, hey, yo, let me just do something on Twitch or YouTube or TikTok, whatever. Boom. Exactly. Oh, man. I I mean, I follow a lady on TikTok. All she does is organize her house. This stuff is fire. I don't even know. (laughs) I saw saw her when she first started. I was like, I'm showing Andre the stuff. Like, I need this for the closet. Like, this stuff looks dope. Like, look how she organized this. And it's, but it also shows you that, like, it doesn't have to be. I think also some people just want, they want like mass like success or riches or something like that. They don't even want to just do the work to have fun, do what you're doing, whatever happens, happens. Actually, if you're passionate about what you're doing, the rest will, the rest will follow. I follow a dude um, who does a car channel and literally all his tagline is passion first, the rest will follow. Basically saying like, do what you actually want to do mm-hmm. and all of it's going to come, it's going to come out in what you're doing. They're going to, We've all we both seen them channels. You could tell like y'all doing this for the bag. It ain't gonna last too long because you're not interested in this. And eventually, the autumn channels that when the PS5 was coming out, the Series X was coming out, and they were having massive Discord discussions, battles, which consoles better. Like that stuff fizzled out because folks got tired of hearing y'all argue about this all day. I was in some of them <laughs> discords. I was like. Bro, y'all cannot be beefing this hard about PS5 and Xbox. Like, yo, come. I was That's even it. making comments like, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> now. <laughs> oh my god, yo. <laughs> oh my gosh. They're probably mad that you have two of them. They're like, <laughs> bro, I got stories to tell about that, man. <laughs> I, I got okay. So, like when I started covering the Steam Deck, I was covering that before a lot of people got it. I got mine as a couple mm-hmm. months. You know, because he had that long wait. So I got mine a couple months into it. And then I started like, I was like, cool, let me reach out to some of these other Steam Deck content creators. And they were all cool initially until like someone came on my show and they're like, oh, a small creator like you. They started like being hella disrespectful on my show, then on other their own shows and then their own videos. And I'm like, man, F, F these folks. It's because, okay, because yeah. I, I look at it like this. So they branded themselves based on the steam deck and that's i I feel like maybe i've been in this too long to to realize this but i'm like yo this is only going to be successful in this 
period of time, this window of, of opportunity. So when yeah. like the ROG Ally came out, people don't care about the Steam Deck as much because you know it's been out for a year. This is the brand new hot thing. So a lot of the Steam Deck YouTubers decided to run, I guess you could say, an, you know, anti ROG Ally propaganda videos about how yeah. dare they make that, how dare they, even like with PlayStation's Project Q, we don't really know a whole lot about that. They started running smear can- campaigns like how dare Sony make this yeah. to compete with the Steam Deck. And I'm like, man, it's not, it's not the same. It's, it's not. not. It's not. I was at, I'm not going to lie. When I first saw the Sony, what's it What's it called again? Project Did they Q. Give official name? Oh, it's no, Project no. Q. They have, yeah. That's what I'm saying. When I first saw it, I'm not going to lie. I was just like, I mean, because listen, Sony, I'm not letting them live down the PSV, okay? <laughs> I'm not letting them. I'm not letting them get that off. Whenever <laughs> I get a chance, if I go see Jim Ryan, the first thing I'm going to say is like, yo, you disrespected us. You let that PSV to die for no reason. None. So when I saw the queue, I was like, all right, here we go. It's another handheld. However, as I read more into it, I didn't do people jumped out the window. I think it was like within the hour I saw videos upload. I was like, first of all, y'all are beasts. Okay. Cause I don't even know how you had the camera running that fast. They were already killing it. They were like, this is dumb. So I read into it and I was like, oh, there is a use case for this. It's not for everybody. It's yeah. not for everybody. Once people start getting that around their head, like the PSVR is not for everybody. And because it's not for everybody, you also have to understand that if you are that somebody, you can't be hounding Sony to make every single game in VR because they're not going to. They're going to make specific VR games. Your catalog will not be as big as a regular PlayStation because that's just unrealistic to think. Nobody's done it. I don't care if it's Meta, HTC, whoever it may be. Nobody has made a catalog where all their games are just VR because they thought about doing that. It ain't work out. But when I saw what the Project Q could do as far as like streaming in your house, I was like, that actually has a use for me because sounds crazy, but I'm probably more prone to play a PS5 game if I'm not necessarily having to be up in the living room, in the TV, or if the family wants to watch something, they can watch it. Or if my wife wants to watch something else, I can just be on the couch still next to her and play something on there. Like, I just lean back on the pillow and say, let me play the game. I thought about that. I was like, actually, right. I'm more interested in this than the VR. Because, yeah, I was going to get the VR. I didn't get it because I was just like, I'm really not playing as much right now. So I'm like, it doesn't warrant me to do this. When I saw that, I was like, okay, this makes sense. But everybody wants to leave their house and play Starfield-level games on the go. And I'm like, come on, y'all. Like, we are not. We're so far away from that. Like, I know it feels like we should be there already. The reality is we're not. The most powerful handheld device or tablet is probably like an iPad M2 or whatever the new pros are. And that still can't pull off some of this stuff. It can pull off a lot, but we're we're still not doing what everybody's trying to achieve. So when I saw what Sony did, I'm like, this is cool. It may be a stopgap for whatever the future holds, but... Mm -hmm. Listen, there are other technologies in place that we have not figured out yet that are going to be the reason behind when handhelds kind of take that giant leap. One is batteries. Listen, the lithium ion batteries, this is going this goes to the car world too, like <laughs> electric cars, handhelds, cell phones, everybody's complaining about stuff isn't that what it should be. I'm like, listen, 
you know, we have mad time and a whole bunch of research to do. When we figure out like solid state batteries, stuff like that, you're going to see this stuff explode because they're going to say, okay, fine. Now we got 10 hours of battery life. We can run as much power as you want. Listen, the, the handhelds, the ROG ones, that is actually the best test bed to show you what it's going to take to get to where you want to go. Everybody knocked them like, oh, I can't do this. The battery life's low. And I'm just like, yo, what like what do y'all want? Like, it's not like what do you want, yo? Like, okay, so remember when we were uh doing a Microsoft thing like years ago, and we first saw like the handheld thing that Razor was trying to make back in, I want to say like 20. 13 2014 they were the first ones like yo yeah. let's make something like that and windows just wasn't it wasn't there it wasn't not ready nah not eight windows eight and not even <laughs> close it was not ready for prime time not for that and that's enough that's the other thing too it's it's not really i don't want to blame microsoft because i understand that they make windows for a demographic of people that crosses a gamut that i can't even I mean, we're thinking about it in our silos. People are like, oh, they should have handheld, you know, Windows one. I'm just like, yeah, but when they make that operating system, they're not trying to pigeonhole into handhelds. They are trying to make it to scale up to, you know, engineers in NASA. Like we're talking to math. So we're talking about the people that are building gaming PCs and we're talking about people being rockets. <laughs> I was like, so you're talking about <laughs> one operating system covering all of that. So when something doesn't work flawlessly on the handheld, I even feel like sometimes a journalist knocking and saying like, oh, Windows 11 is a little choppy on the handheld. I'm like, bro, like you do realize that as you're writing this out, you're probably working on the Windows computer. And so you're asking it to do the functions of journalism, um, engineering, working, school, whatever. And then you're like, it doesn't do something that's usually held to like iOS or Android or something where it's in its own little bubble. Mm-hmm. And Windows is never, Microsoft has tried. I don't even, I think they've now just realized they're just going to have to make the OS light enough to just be able to be scaled down because we've they, they've tried to try to do something unique. Windows RT. Yeah, anybody remember that? <laughs> yeah, because that didn't go well. <laughs> nah, it didn't. Bro, I remember that, and people were like clowning it hardcore. But I mean, for the folks that needed it, that was fine. You was a college student, it was fine. What did they what did they ask for every time when they opened it up? Where's the what? Where's the desktop? <laughs> like every time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember we had to work with customers. They're like, it doesn't have, uh, this doesn't have a desktop. I'm like, yeah, it's right here. <laughs> I'm like, y'all, y'all, you, you guys won't even let Microsoft do better. Like y'all want them to be the same. And then you complain when it cannot do exactly what you want. I'm mm-hmm. like, you can't have it both ways. Well, same thing. But I think to get back to the project Q, I think it's, I think it's good. Now here's what's going to happen. I already know the price tag is going to send people wait that's enough so they already did their they did their videos on them not liking it some people like it some don't wait till they drop this price tag this thing is going to be 300 plus i'm telling people now the xbox people are going to jump out the window and be like that's a series s it's, it's coming. <laughs> i'm looking at the pictures i'm like sony is not going to do this if they do it under 200 we have something on our hands 
but I'm prepared for them to to say we gave you an extremely good screen, the controls and the haptic feedbacks and all that, and it's, it's just going to cost what it costs. Because, see, remember, the Nintendo Switch screen is like a very low-grade one. Even the new OLED one, I mean, it's, it's, it's a decent screen, but if Sony is like, you're going to direct stream, direct Wi-Fi connect to the PS5, we want it to look exactly the same, and they say, we're going to give you our best screen on whatever size is going to be, 8 inches, 9, 7, that ain't going to be cheap. There's nothing no. cheap about it. No. 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 <clears throat> and, you know, all the tech that went into it, because I know when I did my uh, breakdown reaction of it, I, I was of the same mindset as you. I'm like, you know, yeah, I got a PS5, but I don't, you know, for me to be able to sit here and play it, you know, with toddler running around, you know, sometimes, you know, they go in here want to watch something else. It's just not feasible often i'm doing yeah remote play on either my phone or the ally of the steam deck so if i can have a oh, device snap, dedicated man. just to that then it's got the tech that's built into this because people think this is just a basic controller the tech in the dual sense edge is also why the battery life is trash but the tech oh, in the dual sense edge me. is <laughs> the tech is good and it's like people yeah, don't really no, look they don't look at what all goes into it. They just want that knee jerk reaction. And I'm like, I was saying to people, it's going to sell and it's not going to maybe take over, you know, PSVR twos prices, which I mean, or sales, which they're dropping the price on that. Cause they have to, it's not going to overtake PlayStation five, but it's going to be a, a category that they, people are going to buy it. I, I don't understand like why people, have these issues with it yeah there's nothing wrong and there's nothing wrong with to me there's nothing wrong with you know having different categories like different categories is fine yeah i think that when people understand that there's different categories they also approach it better they're like okay mm -hmm. this is for you <clears throat> this is for me this is for this guy over here this is for this girl over here we all can do our own thing because here's a project q here's a here's a good case point a nightstand See, like, if you're in your room, like, I don't have a TV in our bedroom on purpose, right? I don't want mm -hmm. one in there. But let's just say I want to play something. Wife wants to go to sleep. Everybody wants to relax. Having that on your nights, I could just turn it on. It fires on the PS5, wherever it's at in the house, and I just play a game real quick, and I put it back down to charge on, like, the nightstand, the table next to the bed. I don't mm -hmm. have to have – everybody wants everything back in the same entertainment system. I said, no. If you have a project, you stick it somewhere else in your house. If you have like if it's near the couch, you say, hey, I'll have it there. I don't have to really turn on the TV. Sometimes it's late at night. I don't want to have to turn on the TV and the sound system. Some people got surround sound. It turns into a whole or a project. Everybody's yep. like, all right, I got to turn on the song. And then when having I've done it on like the, the iPad, I've done it on the phone. See, here's the thing. iPad you have. I got to find somewhere to place the iPad. I got to charge the iPad. I got to mm -hmm. get a controller. I got to sync the controller with the iPad. That is like two extra devices now that I'm worried about. If my iPad is my iPad that I use, notifications, somebody's pinging you, all of a sudden a FaceTime call comes through, guess what happens? Mm -hmm. Get kicked out to Canada, it comes <laughs> on, you're like, what is that? What, what's going on? Who's calling me now? Like, And so that is where I don't, I understand when people don't like everything doing everything. And it sounds crazy, but that's why when I argue about the merits of like let's say a folding phone that's like really big i'm like okay you gotta ask yourself how much are you doing on here that you would need a screen that's nine inches long 
but that's in your pocket as well. See, then people say, what's the point of an iPad? What's the point of having an iPhone? Why you want an iPad if you got an iPhone? I'm like, there's a lot of differences. I said, because mm-hmm. there are times when, like, I edit my videos on an iPad. Yes, you could do it on an iPhone. But your phone is doing so much. I mean, that's usually where you answer most of your notifications because if you're responding back to somebody, it's easier to type. You could do it on an iPad. You could do it on your MacBook, but you're not normally going to do that. So there's a separation of it. And I think Sony's just... Microsoft's about to do the same thing. Like, I don't believe they saw that Project Q. I've, they've hinted at them having some type of handheld. And if I'm weighing how they're going to play their hand, is they're going to see how people react to Project Q? Because I think Microsoft, they had the same idea. It was not an official handheld. I think it was them doing the same thing, saying, here's another system, like a, just a controller, a feedback to your Xbox. You can sit on your couch and play it. They're probably watching Sony. Like, Let's see how they pull this one off because they would have got the same backlash. Folks would have been like, what are you doing? Who cares about this? What they want is full-fledged Nintendo Switch with the power of an Xbox or at least at least the Series S, which I'm like, you still cannot get Series S power into a handheld. No. Not with any type of decent battery life unless you just want, you know, two minutes. Yeah. And even with the Series S, like, you know, that one terabyte one they're dropping uh, end of the year, people are clowning Microsoft for that, saying, oh, this is ridiculous. No one asked for that. I'm like, y'all realize Series S's are selling more than Series X's. Like, people are buying those. And it's not a bad console. I mean, the 512. Nah. (laughs) <laughs> that, that's what we know. If there's anything that look, Microsoft, you you better be glad you made that terabyte one because that five twelve. It listen, a terabyte's barely holding it down to begin with. Let's just yeah. Let's just not act like that's not a problem too. You need like minimum two now. We're at the stage of you need two minimum. Like that's yeah. where I'm ready. For, they're they're about to. I would not be surprised if there's a Series X for Starfield or some update, that Series S, I'm not going to be fooled by them not thinking there's a Series X somewhere floating around, that they're about to say two terabyte drive, different color, probably in white. They did the Series S in white, now it's in black. I'm like, I already see what's going on. They're Mm -hmm. not about the Starfield come out with that controller. You're telling me you're not going to make a Series X? Did you get that controller? I didn't get the controller. I thought about getting it, but I actually tend to like the uh, like the ID design controllers more because they just kind of is more of like a the theme for the game. I'm just like, all right, just and listen, the Starfield game it looks amazing, but I'm not gonna lie. Like I looked at another video again about, I'm just like, yo, there's so (laughs) much happening. I don't even like. You're gonna need. Listen, I know you're. I know you probably already chopped out time. Tell everybody like, don't call me, don't talk to me, don't ask for an interview. I got none for you. It's Starfield content. Oh, and that's and it's dope for all the content creators to do video games and tech because I mean, when's the last time you had a game this size that people cared about to this degree? From Microsoft, nonetheless. Yeah, even this- Sony's done big games, but like. This is this is the long in the making, especially well, from Bethesda. And also to add to that, um, and this might seem unrelated, but it's it it ties into it. It's the fact that with 
this generation of consoles, the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X and S, people don't realize they kind of pushed those out a bit early. Like, devs weren't ready really to make this jump yet. I mean, we saw it with Cyberpunk. You know, we saw it with Mm -hmm. all the iterations of The Witcher and all the games that have come out. Like, we're only only in this year are we seeing games exclusively for PlayStation 5 or the end of this year exclusively for the Series X. And it's crazy. Yeah. It took them three years to get to this point. And people are like, well, we just need to wait on the next PlayStation Xbox. I don't think they're going to. That's gonna, I feel like that's far off at this point because they barely tapped into any of the power. Yeah. Of these consoles. No, that's. Most of it is, and you're correct. Like, if you think about the engines that they're using in these games, all mm-hmm. of the engines are from previous gen. They're all from previous gen. They've just been kind of even, even Starfield. So Starfield, let's just use that as an example, right? Because Starfield, mm-hmm. the fact that it can't, so it's not doing 60 frames per second, right? So everybody's well on PC, it will, because that's just what what it'll be. But on consoles, it's 30. Everybody's mad. They're like, it should have been 60, this and that. Now, I understand what they're saying, what they said, because like you said about the earliness of the consoles in the beginning, what I will put back on Microsoft is that they came out guns blazing talking about bottom line 4K60. And I'm like, that's a bold claim for a (laughs) console that's not in anybody's hands, but it has the power to do it. But here's the issue now. Now, the issue is that one, we need to get back to games having some form of relatively being short. Like yes. this stuff does not have to be these hundred hour campaigns that take your whole life. We need to get back down to people accepting the fact that you will pay $60, $70, and it may only last 10 hours. And I think folks, we have got the game, the cost of the games has gone up. So the cost of what we have to buy for has gone up. So because they're 60 and $70, people are mad and saying, I'm not paying that much money unless it's 35 hours long. So the developers are like, cool, we're going to do this at 30. Then we're going to add some more stuff. Then we're going to add some more DLC. Then we're going to add some weak multiplayer that nobody asked for just so that we can make you feel like you got your money's worth. But none of it is actually something that we actually care about to do. So I very true. I mean, and it's yeah, I, I've said it many times that I feel like this console generation, they could have waited to 2022 or this year to drop these consoles. They should have. I mean, to drop them during the pandemic, just to me, I'm like, you're going to drop this when people lost their jobs. Like, it's ridiculous. I, I don't understand, like, why that was a thing. And Especially when I feel like the Xbox One X wasn't even that old by the time they're like, yeah, oh, let's no, nah, it wasn't. <laughs> they're like, yeah, we're here's the, the, the Series X and the Series S. And we're like, wait, we just got the One X. And that was souped up. So it's like, okay. Yep. You know, and even games on the PlayStation, like with, was it the, the recent, uh, horizon game and then god of war whatnot uh ragnarok the fact that and i I would get into arguments with folks well they would argue i'd be like okay whatever you know go go touch your ass but folks would be mad because they're like you know i would say i'm tired of these games going to playstation 4 and 5 or xbox one and series 
I want it to go to the new platform because at that point you're not giving me really an incentive to have this new console. And it's like faster loading time. I don't care. Like I want like the stuff to be what's the game that came out? The the ratchet and clank. They're like, oh, this can only be done on the PlayStation 5. Now it's coming out on PC this month. Really? Yeah. Really well that's because Sony well that's because Sony also was in denial talking about their games are coming to PC and they were just like we'll never do that only oh, on yeah. the console <laughs> only never and I'm like this is the dumbest thing this is the dumbest hill to die on because that's not true and mm-hmm. as soon as a few of those games came out there were some people on Xbox saying hey those first party games are coming to PS PC at the same time and folks is like nah I don't care because listen what eventually happened and here's where we're slow walking our way to because hey I don't know maybe I'll be in the same camp if the first party games from Sony and Xbox both are hitting the PCs, listen, there's a strong, there's a world where there's a lot of more PC folks just being like, listen, the heavy, like, get, you might be in a scenario where, like, I have a series S for the small little games that do not come to PC, but if Sony and Microsoft are both putting out their big AAA first party games on PC as well, then. I see people's arguments saying, I'm just getting a PC. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to do everything. I got a PS5 controller and I got an Xbox controller. I can knock out all of them in one shot, in one sitting. Yep. Especially with the PC games, uh, the PlayStation games that are on PC now having full support for the DualSense Edge. And you just connect it in, wired or wireless, and be able to utilize that functionality. There, I mean, the, the point of having a console at this point is... That, that reason is dying. But that's another thing that's interesting with people that are mad at PlayStation. Again, this might seem unrelated, but we're going to work it back into it. So yeah. people think that they want it, that experience of I want the console game on the go, like we were talking about earlier. But then you got the folks that want Nintendo to make another dedicated handheld like the 3DS. And I'm like, these companies have realized <laughs> that splitting their dev teams to make a console game and a mobile game, they it's don't want to, they're, they're done with that. That died the 3D, with the 3DS. Listen, I have a 3DS. It's, I actually forgot I had it. I'll be honest. <laughs> I was going through a box the other day and I saw it and I was like, it was in its case. Brand, it's brand new. I'm like, oh, snap. I forgot. Not that I might pass it down to one of the kids because it still has quality games. It still is something fun. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a market to still make games like that. I just don't know if they'll make a new one. It, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to call it. I understand what you're saying about like, it's too hard to cut up these dev teams because that gets back to the size of the games. These 100 hour campaigns, like this stuff just needs to be solid. 10 to 20, 10 to 20 hours. Actually, that was, that was on your own. That's the topic you were on before, you know, zoom got disrespectful. Yeah. (laughs) But Not, that like, is no, you're right. Like it's it's these games are too long. I'm I'm bro, I'm tired. I'm over here like I don't even want to play a game. I'm looking at like how much time is it? Uh, okay, Final Fantasy 16. So bro, I <laughs> so Lehu and I are both playing it, and I'm like, how far in am I? I put in 15 or 20 hours. I haven't even reached the halfway point. 
I'm not even 25% into the game. I'm I've Yo, only fought crazy. two bosses. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what? No. And then like it, it's just I understand people want these big sand sandbox games. I, I'm just not one of them. I don't have that kind of time anymore. And it's like I can't imagine folks that like trying to keep up with every game coming. There are more games coming out now than ever that we had to deal with, you know? It's crazy. Co-host. Um yeah. <laughs> there's more there's more coming than than I can. It's just too much. Hmm. Almost to the point where there has to be some type of there needs to be a compelling reason. Some of these games are big, like I said, big for no reason, just coming through large for no reason at all. Hold on one second. We got no, no, more good. Goals. <laughs> all right. And we're back. Yeah. So now about that, the yeah, we're about the campaigns. Yeah. Yeah, the two it's just too it's too long. It's too long and you know another thing is it's it's long for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like some of this, like you said, you 25 hours in, you fought two bosses, and they're like, you did 10%. And I'm like, <sighs> I'm turning this off. Like <laughs> there's some of the best games that I've played, unfortunately, end up being some of those indie games. Mm-hmm. Will of the Wisp, that was one oh. of the best games I played in years just because it was straight to the point you're not getting no extra fluff when the credits roll it's over put mm-hmm. the controller down there ain't no multiplayer we're not doing no dlc and i think a lot of times why we have not gotten a lot of new ips is partly our fault like we have asked for these extended games we've asked for more download more dlc more multiplayer all these different things and if you ask for this that means the dev team never can leave it behind yeah i mean that's across the board i mean they're just i think this week they're like they're turning off the service for forza horizon 2 i'm like them things are still on <sighs> like, for, like for who horizon 5 is out you gotta let it go Okay, it's all, <laughs> just let it go. You got to move on. Okay, you asking for too much now. And that's what you said. Like, you split the dev teams. Now we got to work on this game mm-hmm. for eternity. And then because we've been working on it for so long, all we're going to do is make a sequel because we've already been here working on it because we try to do multiplayer and DLC. And then everybody cries and complains like, oh, we're getting another Spider-Man. Oh, we're getting another Gears. Oh, we're getting another Final Fantasy. And it's like, yo, what do you want? New IPs means that we got to start making these games end. There ain't no multiplayer. We'll see you again in three years. Mm-hmm. Like, play it again. Put it on hard or something. That's also the issue with, uh, like, Halo. Like, Halo Infinite is a good game, but it's beholden by the idea that they try to make it some continuous thing. And I'm like, you should have just ended the story. Yeah. Just be done. Yeah. Let 343 go do something else. They cannot only be doing hair. That's all you want them to do. I can see why you don't get the best talent. They don't want to keep making the same. It's the same. We do it all the time. Movie mm-hmm. directors and actors. When they start doing the same movie again, they're like, listen, I don't feel like doing um, Avengers 9. Okay. I don't want to do like, you know, you hear all the stories by actors saying, I want to do it again. I'm sick of being Iron Man. I'm sick of being Shad. Like, I don't want to do it more. 
because it doesn't actually push creativity. Halo yeah. is only going to be Halo to a certain degree. It only can be so far in the story and in the world. Uh-huh. Then a new IP like Ghost of Tsushima comes out and everybody's like, yo, why didn't so Xbox? I'm like, yeah, because we're too busy worrying about titles that should just be left. Like, just be done with it. I played Halo Infinite, but I'm kind of like, listen, I know it's a storied franchise, but we need to start. Like, take some of this talent. We got to start doing something else. You got to start branching out. Like, you can't keep doing this. Like, there's only, I know Nintendo has made a entire business model of making Mario and Zelda. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. But they actually, you know, <clears throat> for what it's worth, they know what they're doing when it comes to doing that. And not many people can replicate that level of doing the same game and still getting people interested in it. That is their entire identity. Their brand is Mario. Okay. Like that's, like a Mario movie was good and you get top actors to do it. The Halo movie, or if it was a, it's not, it just did not get the same effect. And that might be part of, part of it's probably Microsoft's own end, not one to actually put the money behind it. Case in point, you saw Last of Us on HBO. See, that's somebody getting the money and the talent behind what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Halo could get that, but when they had that live show, I'm just like, watch, I'm just like, you telling me that the trillion dollar Michael's like how much money they give them per episode? Because uh-huh. it was, I'm like, this ain't looking like they got the budget that they should be getting. But that also goes back to how much money they spent on developing the game, and they also were buying all these, you know, places. But the main point is, this game should just start okay. crunching this down. Twenty hours max, <laughs> okay? Like some of us got other things to do. Yeah. And, you know, adding to that is, you know, if we look back to, yeah, folks, we're we're in our 30s. (laughs) We're older gamers. But, like, you look at what we grew up with and how there was different experiences from game to game to game. Not everything took forever. It wasn't really till what, the PlayStation era where we got the longer style games, 10 hours, maybe 20 or 30, sometimes RPGs to like 40, 50. Mm-hmm. PlayStation 2 kind of expanded, but you still had some of the best games ever. PlayStation 2, GameCube, Xbox, 360 era was really good too. Uh, and it feels like from the PlayStation 4 and xbox one era up to now we are not creating new experiences it's like you say we're continuing on and on and on and this generation now that's coming up gaming all they know is the long form game if it if it's a yep. short game it's like oh this is indie no that, that's not indie i did you know that has a market for it. he said it's indie because it's only it's under 50 hours <laughs> like like what's that game that came out i don't know if you played it sifu Yo, can you imagine if that came out back in the day when kung fu movies were like hella, like hella? And big. here's the funny thing, I, I that game I have it. I never even got to play it that much, but I also realized that that game got lost in in the sea of games because, like you said, that came out back when like Unbox Two came out. Or that hasn't, there isn't really a big martial arts film out right now, which is funny. And now that you say that, I'm like, wait, there hasn't been a big martial arts film in nope. mad long. I'm, on my brain said John Wick, but I'm like, that's not martial arts. <laughs> I was like, but 
I'm like, there hasn't actually been anything in a ton of time. Yeah. So I'm like, that is actually, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So that plays into how those games are received and how people like them and what they do with them as well. Yeah. So it's just, uh, yeah, in, in, in some of the devs that I've talked to as well, like they want to do new things, but like you'll see it frequently when these companies get to make something original, people don't like it at all. You know, you got talented studios like um, Ninja Theory, incredibly talented mm-hmm. studio. The games that they've done that I thought were great, like, uh, what was it, uh, Journey West, they did on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 as a great game. People didn't like it at the time. DMC Devil May Cry, as much as people bashed that game, I thought it was good, you know, and it's every time they, what's the other one they did, Hell, a Singua, Hellblade, or whatever, people didn't like that yeah. at launch, but not now they're praising it. Like when these studios or these talented teams do something different, it's the fan base, the gamers that crap on it. And it's like, you know, like, okay, here's another topic that might seem unrelated, but physical and digital. You got people that complain now about, oh, you don't own the games because it's digital and all this other stuff. But then y'all are the same people complaining about physical games being scalped. And you can't get these games. So when Alan yeah. Wake 2 is like, you know, Remedy is like, yo, we're just going to release it digitally. Now you got all these people up in arms. But I'm like, but if it's digital, I can just buy it, download it, start playing it. Yep, exactly. It doesn't. It's it's understanding like what it is you're asking for, mm-hmm. what you're getting and then ultimately where you want to compromise. Like there has to be some type of compromise. We're not about to get every single thing. And not something have to be a give and a take. You want the conveniences of being able to just play the game wherever you're at. Digital is a better format for that. If you want to be able to physically have the game because you want to have physical, you know, properties, I understand that. However, a lot of these games, when you put the disc in, it's like download this digital asset to get this game to even turn on and run. That is kind of where I understand people being upset with manufacturers because they are lazily making these games on disc. Uh-huh. They're making them on disc with the idea that you're still going to connect and do everything you need to do on the internet in order to update the game. That's unfortunately back to this. It's a it's an ugly circle. You go back to the beginning of the games being too big, the devs being overworked. We can't do it in enough time, so we're going to drop the game. When the game comes out, the day one, there's a 40 gig patch to make the game function as you said it should work. So if you buy the disc. You never put in your console because you're busy. You're like, oh, let me go play it. Let's just say you take your Xbox with you or your PS5 with you on vacation. You're in a hotel. Throw the disc in. It's like, welcome. 25 gig download. <sighs> it's going to take two hours. And you're like, I guess I'm not playing nothing. And right. I'm like, no, you're not. And that is where, that's why I do understand people our age and playing games for longer. I get when they say, you would just be able to throw the game in and start playing. I distinctly remember that time you went to go buy some game on any console, PS2, whatever, N64, throw it all the way back. You threw the cartridge in, the game started playing. There was nothing else to do. There was no, 
We got to add some stuff to what we got to do. And I do get that we are in this digital state because I enjoy being in this state we're in with the technology. But I do understand that there needs to be better regulation of how they're developing the game so that when they are being delivered, everybody isn't met with a cyberpunk scenario where they're like, oh, this game is trash. Like it needs 100 gigs of fixing to then be what it was supposed to be. Or when you turn on the game, I know this because I don't play my games every single day. So if it goes like weeks go by, I'm doing every, anything else. And I go to turn on the console every single time. It's like update 10 gigs, do this. I'm just like, all right, forget it. I ain't playing nothing right now because this stuff's <laughs> updating. And so, yeah, like you said, you can't have, it's almost impossible to ask for all of this and then at the same time ask for it to be no, you know, roadblocks, right? You want physical games? That's great. Unfortunately, we're asking these devs to create games that don't really play so well to being one and done on a disc unless you allow them to make games that, that still cost $60 and $70 that might only be 15 hours long, 10 hours long. That's it. There ain't no DLC. There is no multiplayer. No, we're not doing the download for an update. You got what you got. We're going to do something better or something new if we if we make a sequel, you know, mm-hmm. and then also you got trade in being an issue, right? You're like you go into GameStop, they're still giving you 35 cents. So you're like, I might as well just download the game like. Oh, man, I went to GameStop the other day because I was going to trade in um, my Street Fighter 6 and Final Fantasy 16 uh, physical copy. And they're like, oh, it's, in, it's sealed. Yeah, we can't do that. I'm like, I can step outside and open it. Nah. <laughs> oh, yeah, still doing that seal thing. Yeah, you got to just open it in the car and then go in there. They're, I mean, those they might have gave you something decent for, but um, it's it's still, yeah, it still doesn't make <laughs> it convenient. It doesn't make anybody want to go through that process. They're going to say, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, I'm not doing this again. And not only that, but like, do you think, I guess, talking about, you know, uh, I guess the digital, like, not digital, but the physical storefronts like GameStop. How much longer do you think that's going to be a thing? Because you have so many people that say they want GameStop to die off. And I'm like, is that really mm-hmm. a good thing? Because it, it's, it's not people. There is, I mean, that gets to like the scales of economies and understanding the implications of a company going down. I know people say about jobs, they're like, they don't even pay that well anyway. So like folks are like, they don't really care. You still kind of want some type of representation of the hobby, right? Mm-hmm. I think there still should be some type of physical store. Here's what they should be doing is reinventing how them stores is operating and really kind of drill down to what it is that they're doing. I mean, we go into GameStops. Everyone is different. Some of them got a punch of, like, anime, random paraphernalia, plushies, keychains, shot glasses, helmets, swords. And I'm like, okay, are you a toy store or are you a video game store? Because you're going to need to find – and I understand some of these video games have – now, if it – plays to the game that's available right now i can understand having some random accessories little mario hat this and that something from halo but sometimes they just got random stuff bunch of you know just things there and i'm like okay are you going to make a separate section for video game related merchandise and then we're going to make a separate section for the current games number 
Two, you can't even go into a GameStop like we did back in the day and actually play a console that's working. Yep. None of them things is on. You can't even go in there and say, I want to try out a game. What does it look like? Can't do it no more. Can't even demo nothing. There ain't no demos. It don't even exist. The demo died. It's like a few of them here and there from my indie people saying, hey, try out our game. When they do like the summer games thing and they want people to try out their stuff for like a week. But if you go into a GameStop, there sometimes is no theme to what the store is doing. It's madness in there. You walk in, you trip over the clearance bin, you step to the, oh. you step to the left, <laughs> there's T-shirts unfolded. All of a sudden, there's candy, there's anime snacks over there in the corner. The section for the PS5 barely got any games in it. Half of them are just, it's just photocopies of paper, you know, <clears throat> stapled to a box. You go to the Xbox side, the stuff is a mixed match. You don't even know if it's coming out. If you're looking at a pre-order box, they got shelves holding games that are not even out talking about, oh, here comes Street Fighter 7. We're like, when did that get announced? They're like, oh, there's a rumor. I'm like, oh, so we're just putting rumors out on the, on the shelves now. Okay, got it. You know, it's like, it doesn't make it. There is no rhyme or reason to how that store flows or functions. They need to basically streamline the whole operation. You yeah. start getting rid of, maybe you do need to get rid of some more of the stores. You need to clear out some of the overhead, but you also need to make it so that the stores are pavings for people that enjoy games. Some of them, there's no like local tournaments. Nobody, no GameStop is actually within the community. Like you, you probably can talk to this more in Hawaii because there is a video game community of people trying to be around. The stores have nothing to do with it. They don't know anything about a tournament happening. They're not sponsoring one. They're not trying to be a sponsor at one. They're not hosting them themselves. I'm like, so you have the place called GameStop that is for this hobby. And every every store, whatever community it's in, is doing the bare minimum when it comes to interacting with video games within the community whether it's a minecraft camp whether it's smash brothers tournament street fighter madden if it's launch party like there's not even launch parties now like i i forgot what game was that came out recently that i was like oh they're doing like a midnight release and i was stunned i'm like we're still doing that i thought y'all can that but like you said like you just said it gets back to devs and the physical copies and what they're re- releasing and what they're doing. Starfield's probably the next big game where I'm looking around saying like, all right, this is an opportunity for all these companies to kind of start getting people back in love with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't see nothing about special edition consoles. You have the collector's edition ones that came out, pre-order links, them joints disappeared. You don't hear nothing about launch parties, not even from Microsoft, the local stores. I'm like, so here we are again, perfect opportunity. One of the biggest games that are coming out in years that people have been talking about. And it's about to just be a standard Tuesday. (laughs) We're like, oh, Starfield came out today. I'm like, (laughs) not the game that we've been hearing about for the past five years. Not the game that got Sony and Microsoft in battle in court. Come on. Like, it just, like, GameStop has a place, but I think that they're they're too busy trying to be a profitable store than trying to be something connected to the hobby. Because you first get connected back to the hobby, you may not necessarily be profitable, but you start getting people to come back. Right now, GameStop's a running joke amongst people that play games. Like, they'll go there out of just needing something, but they're not. That's not the first spot they're hitting. 
folks are buying games on Walmart.com before they go into GameStop. Mm-hmm. Maybe during the pandemic, during the pandemic, GameStop really got more news because of the whole, you know, shorting the stock thing. That's the only reason why they were back on the news, but it wasn't because of something great. And the last time they had a big jump was back in 2020 when the PS5 and the Xbox Series X came out. And it was all talk. That was the last time I saw people lining up in the store trying to get in there for pre-orders or games or anything like that. That was the last time. Yeah, since you brought that up. You know all the people that are like complaining, saying that um they were struggling to like so so there are people now that still say like, Oh, I can't find a PlayStation 5 or Xbox. Okay. I'm like, I'm like, are you, you serious? Don't want one. You don't want one. <laughs> that, that, just, just, just be honest. You either don't want one. You don't want to spend the money for one. It's okay. You cannot tell me in 2023 you cannot go find a PS5. I'm not saying. You, no, I'm not. No, I am saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. I redact what I was going to say. I am saying it. They're in the stores. I just came out of Costco. There is a giant pallet of them things sitting on sale. With mm-hmm. controllers and headsets. So if you're telling me right now that you can't get one, it's because ultimately you don't feel like it's worth your time. Because that's and that's just and that's fine. It's nothing wrong with that. But you can't say the reason why you don't have one is because you can't find one. I'm gonna be like, yeah, you can. You just don't want one, which is cool. You don't have to have one. This isn't a case of doing what everybody's doing. If you don't want one, when you don't want one, it's it's all good. Okay, mm-hmm. you don't have to. But to say I can't find one. That to me is more so like, okay, you're just not trying. <laughs> uh so so um oh, we we've run the gambit. I wanna t- I wanna <laughs> cycle back to you know your uh journey with YouTube car quicks doing podcasts and all that. When did you start uh car quicks and I started car quicks. That was, that was like in January. So, okay. January hit and I was like, all right, we're going to start this and we're just going to, so we're going to slowly walk it. But prior to me starting it, I had been reading, I've been watching all these channels, which I still follow, which I think are really cool that talk about small YouTubers and content creators and the successes that they have. Right. Because mm-hmm. that's why I was like going back to what I was talking about everything if you talk to regular or just bigger channels, it they talk as if there's no way to do it again, right? If they you're talking do. to somebody with two million subs, they're like, "Oh man, I started." They're always on podcasts, like, "Yeah, hey, when you start your channel, what do you think about it now?" They say, "Like, oh, you know, it's great, great opportunity, but you know, I started back in 2010." I don't know if you can. It's a lot of work. I mean, it's just not the same. And everybody talks about it's not the same. What I know what they're talking about is the glory days of you just getting a funnel of outrageous money for any and everything you put up there. Pranks, videos, eating, whatever it may be, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was purposely looking at channels like Think Media, where they talk about smaller channels, because I was like, we don't live in a world where like the only thing that you can do is follow the biggest channels on YouTube. I think that's a little bit more of like a silo of an issue. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't want to do that. So I'm like, that's not the reason why I want to do this. I want to do it. Yeah. You want to be successful and have a channel that has some impact within the community of people you're doing it. So I was looking at those channels to understand one, how to start it, 
to some of the things to do. I didn't want to get too caught up in like, you need to do this, you need this type of equipment. But what it did help me understand is how to do it in a very efficient and quick manner, which is why I record everything on this on an iPhone. I edit stuff on an iPad with CapCut. I did not utilize my MacBook Pro. My brother-in-law literally handed me this camera here, which is like a Sony A6500. I like put it on, was messing with the features, and then was like, why am I doing this? I'm like, I'm working not smarter. I'm working harder. And so I took that down and put the phone on the tripod and was like, that's the 4K 30 frame shot I want. The camera can do it, but it's way more settings. I have to know how to use a camera. So now I'm learning how to use a camera. I'm not a photographer, so I'm learning how to use a camera. And it just became, when I started thinking about it, I'm like, this is what stops people from starting the channel. This mm-hmm. right here, this daunting task of thinking that you need $3,000 A7-3R cameras. You got to learn how to use what lenses. You need to learn about photography, cinematography. The main thing I talked about was what lights to use, how to have the backdrop the way I wanted it, which was easy to me because I was like, that's kind of simple. I've watched enough channels. I know what to put behind me. I know what to do. This is not a hard thing for me. Mm-hmm. So in January, I was like, I had the name because I was running around with the name for a while because I did a test bed of doing random videos on TikTok, just me talking about something that came. I would just like, you know, do the green screen where I would just have my head pop up talking about some car. And I was like, okay, this can work because I would get, you know, you get some you TikTok get views from just people just scrolling through. So I would get a few hits and things like that. And I was like, this can work, though. I don't want to do this format because I follow some bigger car channels or people that all they do is kind of green screen themselves on whatever they're talking about, a car thing. And while that can work, I also see how that won't lend itself further, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not like when you're doing your stuff, it's some type, there's a level of professionalism in what's happening, whether it's you talking to the person, it's the way maybe you edit the things, the graphics you have, the branding. So I was like, okay, that's cool to do on TikTok. It's like a fun side thing, but it's not going to bode well if I want to actually sit down and talk to people about cars or be considered, hey, that's a media outlet that can speak about certain things that are happening in the industry. So I was like, I'm going to do a podcast. So I first started doing audio only. I was, like, I was just like, let me just start off by just recording a podcast. Like I can record a podcast. There's not going to be any video. I'm going to straight audio. So I'm doing the audio, mm-hmm. uploading that on Apple, iTunes. I did it through RSS. I'm just uploading the podcast. I'm like, let's just get the ball rolling. Upload the podcast. And I said in my head, I was like, during this time, I'll figure out how to implement video in some type of way. Because I didn't have everything yet. I just had the audio. So that I could do the audio. Let's just get going. So mm-hmm. start doing audio. Video came in next because I was in my head. I knew I was like, you're going to have to do video somehow, even though I kind of didn't want to. But I was like, we don't live in that space anymore. Like some people have the luxury of just doing straight audio on a podcast and never once showing their face. And it did just that's all they could do. Doesn't always work that way. So I was like, I'm going to have to do video some way. And that's when I started thinking about, OK, what type of backdrop do I want? What type of cool little accessories I want? on the desk, the things I want to have. I was like, I want something that you're going to remember me by a screen grab. That's like, that's all I wanted. That is why, like, I followed a guy that made, like, who makes hats from different manufacturers. His name is called Matchless Studios. And I bought, like, seven hats. And I was like, why, why are you buying hats? I said, I have an idea. I said, branding is also how things look. 
right? I got to ask you, man, what do you do for that beard? How do you get the beard like that? You know, I've always had envy about your beard. You can shave it off back in the day. Remember you would shave it off and a week later it's there. (laughs) I would do. So here's what happened. So when Eliana was being born, right, it was like a month or two before she was born. She was born in August, like back in like, like June of 2020. I mm-hmm. forgot what I was doing, but you know what? It was 2020. So like folks was home, weren't really around. So I was kind of just like for a couple weeks, I was just letting it grow out. And I'm just like, ah, right, whatever. I'll just, I'll just let it grow out. Maybe later on, I'll change it or do something. Mm-hmm. And then when it was getting close to her being born, I had already kind of gotten past the phase of it, like itching my face and being like, this is highly annoying. And I'm going to get rid of this now. Cause I found some products like from a company called Alexander was Evan Alexander. It's like the like, stuff for like men's grooming. And so once I right found now. that, he's like, I'm gonna look at it. he's like, <laughs> I was like, once I found those products, it was like his stuff is like he and on a science and natural science level found out what stuff actually works for me. I bought I got that stuff. I was like, okay, cool. It has like a moisturizer this and that. It helps me just chill out. And then she was born and I just kept it going. And then, like, through 2020, through the next year, to now, I just, like, kept doing And this is, funny enough, this is me trimming this down because at its highest point in 2020, it was, like, here. And I was, like, okay, this is too, this is too much. Like, I people be, like, yo, that beard is amazing. I'm, like, listen, man, this is, me-. here's another thing. The amount of work, like, I used to be able to jump in the shower, come out, not the case anymore. Like there's <laughs> wash your beard, wash your hair. I have to use a different product on the beard because my skin is sensitive under the beard. So I can't use same things. You got to use different oil here. different. Mm-hmm. It's, so yeah, it works, but also it don't, it don't help when it's hot. Cause it's not like it doesn't add more heat to my face. So I'm like, sometime outside, I'm like, yo, it's just too, it's too hot for all of this right now. Like, so I'm adding stuff to the cart as we see. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so that's another thing, right? Because I remember I talked to somebody who's trying to have a beard as well, too, was asking the same questions. And I've known like anything is just, I mean, by default, my skin is just sensitive to certain things. So like anything that deals with my hair or head, like if it's not a natural product, I'm not using it. Like I don't ever, like I don't use any shampoo that's from like, anybody in a bottle like i'm like can't do it as soon as i do it it's a mess i'm like nope i only use like it has to be all natural so, so the other company i use for like washing your hair and stuff like that is from a company called plant made and they're mm-hmm. based out of i think they're based out of the uk and their stuff's amazing but it's all plant-based like literally all of it's <clears> like natural all of it works so i mean that probably helps as well too because i don't use anything that's like a detergent or something that's like gonna harshly like head and shoulders nah if you're using that i tell people take that bottle throw it in the trash can immediately okay (laughs) do not use that i was like none of that stuff is good but that's just it's just time like you just have to keep it so like where you're at now you just have to keep going like you just have to let it go was bothering your face you have to be like all right keep it going because so what happens is one day it's itching you and your body you're like you know forget all this I'm shaving this off and you're like <laughs> and you're like cool i'm done like that is but that's all i did honestly like i didn't i didn't have to do much it was mm-hmm. just i always kind of knew because i was like i'm always shaving so much and honestly 
what it did benefit is that shaving actually isn't well the way i used to do it is really not that it's not good for your skin anyways because people use razor blades and stuff that stuff just like messes your skin up anyway so if you grow out a beard, just do it. Now I'm kind of married to it because I started this channel and now it's kind of like a look. And so now even <laughs> Andrea's like, you can't even get rid of it. And I'm like, I know I can't because I've actually been in my short, short journey of YouTube, in my very infant stages I'm in now, I've been stopped within the car community of people who have said, like, I've seen your video. Like they'll say, like, I've seen you somewhere. And I'm like, where? And I'm like at a car meet. And they're like, <laughs> You have a video on YouTube. I'm like, oh yeah, I do. And they're like, and they always say, oh, it's the beer. Like, I just just only and I mean, you can speak to this too. A lot of this too was driven by, and not to make it a more serious topic, but it can't be ignored because and I and I kind of embraced that part of it. But the lot of it too was lack of representation. There's not anybody that looks like me or you doing a lot of this D- stuff. Dive into it. Bro, yeah, there's no so, we 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 talk about it. Let's go. Yeah, so I've watched enough. I watch tons of car stuff. Tons mm-hmm. of it. Like my YouTube is cars, tech, and games. Heavily on cars though. And so I watch Matt Fair. I watch TJ Hunt. I watch the Dust Wings. I watch the Sticky. I'm naming all these big names. I watch all these people. I watch all the channels. I watch the small channels. And I would watch small channels. And where I would see us, where I would see our people. There's always mm-hmm. be like a smaller channel, a lot of Mopar guys, Dodge Chargers, Challengers, a lot of motorcycle guys, Mustang, muscle cars, exotic cars. That's what I would see, right? But that's a little different, right? If you're doing a channel on a car you have, like I bought a Charger Hellcat, I bought a Lamborghini, I bought some bike. That's a little different because you're talking about your what you bought, your product, your thing, right? That's simple. Right, you're mm-hmm. you're talking about something that you own and that you're putting time into. I'm gonna show people what I'm doing to the car, what I'm doing to the bike. But when I went to the channels that were talking car news, car industry, car reviews, right? I didn't I'd never see it. It's the only time that was the case is the gentleman that no longer does it because he went on to bigger and better things. But that was that dude that was called Tar Guy Car Reviews. He was the only one. Him and a guy named Mr. Organic. They were two black gentlemen, completely different format. Like they weren't even trying to have any stats or something. They were talking like just regular people just like the way the car looks. But it was fun because it was a different perspective. Like if you want the stats and the specs and the numbers, there's plenty of channels. Savage Geese, Throttle House. So they'll go in there and break down the specs and the engineering and why. But even with that, when I see these two team guys from like Canada, like Throttle House or Savage Geese, when I see Matt Fair and a smoking tire, when I see people like Redline Car Reviews, when I see, you know, TFL Now, which is, I forgot then how their channel's name, but they're another car, big car channel. I, I just don't see. I don't see anything that says I can relate to how that person is or how they look or how they are. And Really, the barrier isn't anything other than nobody's ever started it or started it with that in mind. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, car channels that are started or for a car that you have that you're working on, that you're doing something to. And I like that part of it, but I want to see, I want to do both. So I'm like, I have a fun car I'm driving now. I was like, I want to do both. I want to sit and talk about cars in a podcast format, in a video format. I want to make my way up to reviewing and talking about cars. And at the same time, I also want to work and do stuff on whatever car I own. 
because see nobody's doing both but what's the difference right it's funny because like the car review guys they'll sit there talk about the car and then the next question that's being asked is what do you drive most of the time some of them will drive something cool. I follow a gentleman named Rady's Rides. He drives like a Civic Type R's. Um, and then there's a few other ones like that. But it's the same look. It's the same person, same kind of similar personality, similar way of representing the car. And I just didn't, I just don't want to do it that way, right? So like when I reviewed my car, the GR Corolla, I purposely grabbed the camera and said, I'm going to make this more, it's from an owner's perspective because I have the car, but I'm going to make this not so formal, right? Like, so I have a run. I like have a funny joke in my head because I'm like, every car review is going to start off with them standing somewhere by the front hood of the bumper every single time. Like, if you look at car reviews, they're standing back and they're like, as soon as they start talking, the camera starts walking backwards and start walking towards the camera and say something like, this is a 2024 Mustang. Ford is starting like they same thing. So I'm like, all right. I've listened to enough of y'all do this, which I understand is the format, right? But see, formats are meant to be broken at some point in time. No exactly. way that we can keep doing the same <clears throat> thing. If I look at a car review, if I look at a review for like the next big car coming out is the Ford Mustang, right? When that mm -hmm. comes out and people can review them, I can guarantee that every single review I see at some point in time will all have the same format. I did it for the Integra Type S. I was telling Andrea, I said, hey, I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. We're going to watch all these reviews. And she was like, yeah, they kind of all start and feel the same. Now, granted, they're all at the press event, so you only can make things kind of look a little bit different. But I also think that people beholden to algorithms, right? And the only time something gets done differently is when somebody doesn't have so much on their shoulders for what they're doing. So mm -hmm. I understand how hard it is to try to do something different when you have 800,000 subs and you're doing half a million views a month consistently off of what you're doing. For you to come in there and say, you know what, I'm done. We're going to do a more running gun style. And then their comments going to be like, yo, what's this? Nah, we're mm -hmm. out of here. Like, that's it's easier. I'm almost in a place where, like, somebody more established can say you have it better and you have a better chance of doing exactly what you want now because nobody is here holding you down. But I understand that it takes what I'm doing, the backdrop I have, stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to pace this to say, hey, this is what this format is. This is the podcast video format. This is how I'm doing shorts. This is what you know you're going to get. I'm not I'm specifically not talking about every single bit of news because there is another guy I follow called Matt Moran Motoring. And every Sunday he does what they call like a car review, but he does all the car news. Some of it, in my opinion, I don't necessarily I wouldn't want to repeat or hear because to me, it's just like mundane news. But he'll mm -hmm. cover all of it. But it really works well for him because even I watch it because it makes sense for what he is doing. He's saying, I'm going to curate. I'm going to basically consolidate everything that's happened during the week in car news. And I'm going to tell it to you. It's like if somebody did that for a video game and they're going to reel off everything. Some of it might not even be that interesting. Some of it might be, hey, so-and-so is changing how you're charging cars. Somebody did this for a battery technology. Somebody's doing this update on their fleet of cars. So none, everything isn't. This is a brand new concept. This is a brand new car or this is a brand new game. This is a brand new tech. Some of it is just like, hey, Apple changed how you update the phones. Like it's not interesting, but it is new. So he brings everything together. It works for that format. But I already knew that existed. And at first 
I thought about doing that, but then I had to remember why I named it what I named it. You know, the car quick thing was like quick information. Like I'm going to talk to you about what I want to talk about because that's what podcasts are too. See car podcasting, except for the most standout podcast for cars to me is smoking tire by Matt Ferrer because they actually have what they call a cruise show where they just talk about whatever they want to talk about. They have people that come on there that talk their normal. I love his format because it makes sense. It reminds me, it's like, it's like a Joe Rogan format with people that are into cars, but we don't have to only talk about that. We could talk about, you have comedians on there that will talk about their show, but they'll say, Hey, but I'm really into cars. Or they have designers. It's like, that's the perfect format of like doing a podcast, but he's about the only one. And I mean the only one. I mean, I have been in the weeds on the car podcast. There are things like Donut Media who do the history of car things, and they sometimes have a show where they just talk amongst themselves about certain things they like. There is Spike Lee. I think it's called Spike Lee Car Radio. That is run by Jerry Seinfeld and some of his friends. He comes on there when he is not busy doing whatever he's doing, like shooting comedians in cars, getting coffee. See, that's another format. When I saw that, I said, see, there's another side to this. doesn't have to be overly informative. Like, it doesn't have to be just me reeling down specs because you can go and read that. Like, why would I sit there in front of you? So whenever I pick a topic for whatever episode, it's kind of just what I feel like talking about. I might joke and say, I'm just going to rant about something. It can be last episode was the Nismo Nissan Z may be automatic only. So I'm just talking about how like the demographic people who buy that car are not about to hear you tell them that the reason why it's automatic only is because it's the fastest on the track. Nobody cares. So I'll have fun talking about that. I'll pick like two or three topics. I might sprinkle in some news and then I'm gone. I'm out of there. Cause I'm like, this is a podcast. Like it's not a news channel. This isn't a channel 11 car news. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not about to hit every single point. I'm going to talk about the stuff I want to talk about because that's the that's part of the opinion that people want, right? And mm-hmm. you, if you listen to podcasts, I'm not listening to it for you to re- read and repeat everything that you hear. I want to hear your opinion on it. It may not, I may not even be for the opinion. I might be against it. I might be like, nah, I'm not feeling that. And, but because I'm not feeling it doesn't mean that it's not a good episode. You're still uh-huh. talking about something that you want to talk about. So when I started the channel, I was very, and I still am very cognizant of that. I'm thinking, I go, okay, how you want to do the shorts? I want to do the shorts where like the other day I put up a short about Toyota releasing a GR86. And I, I said the name of it wrong, but I kind of said it all wrong on purpose because I was kind of testing something. So I said like it's called Truno, but it's spelled T-R-U-E-N-O, which is like Truino. It's a Japanese name for the car from Initial D when it was delivering tofu. But funny enough, in a video, I said it was delivering sushi. And so what happened was you get some comments, people like, yo, it's tofu. And I'm laughing. I'm like, yeah, I got that all wrong. But I remembered on the video on Think Media, there's this guy that started this channel that blew up because he purposely was saying the wrong thing about a subject. And he talked about how it led him to find real conversation. He would purposely just say something totally wrong. He'd be like, it can be about a game. He'll say, Final Fantasy 16 is coming to Nintendo Switch. And people be in the comments like, what the heck are you talking about? No, it is not. 
and then but what it would do is he said he would say it would show what people really cared about they just wanted they would come and listen because he would start that off but then he would eventually get to the point of him saying like that's not what it's here for and so i found it funny because i'm like well i said that all wrong but then you realize that people still like for some reason that video that little short did like i don't know Ten thousand or something for some random reason. It might be because of the car, but people still liked it. Follow me from it and stuff like that. And they had a few comments of it, and it just proved to the fact that it's like you're not going to get everything right. And I think that also helped me to realize like you don't have to do these videos and be absolutely one. Now, if you get something egregiously wrong and you're big enough for people can kind of call it out and say, "Hey, you got that part of it wrong," you can kind of come back and say, "Hey, last episode said this. Ashley's this right." That's like if you say something, pronouncing a word wrong or saying what was being delivered in a car from an anime is not a big deal other than you saying like, oh, the new Mustang only comes in four cylinder. And they're like, um, dude, you can go to the website. <laughs> and there's V8s right there. Like you're not even trying. So a lot of that, too, for me, it was just having fun doing it, right? Have fun, do it. Do something that you want to do. So I shoot the shorts in a way where I'm talking about that's where the car quicks part comes. Because, see, I did the TikToks because they were under a minute. It was quick. It's car quicks. So when I do the shorts, that's where that comes in. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do a short. I'm only talking about something that only has a little bit of news that I think is cool. I'm not going to do everything. Some news is not worthy of you doing a short on because I understand that this is all entertainment. Right? Same mm -hmm. way for you. Somebody might be like, why don't you review, you know, chess 35 world you're like what you're like i'm not I, I know i do games but i'm not we're not talking about that game sorry don't know what to tell you you get people that want you to review every game that you're like that's that's not going to do anything and i understand that like there is like some people that have this idea that they want it to be truly organic talk about any and everything and i'm like yeah you can but like if a big car like the acura integra type s comes out you're going to want to do a video on it, right? So one of my biggest videos on YouTube prior to, I'm not even monetized, prior to being monetized or anything like that, was I did a video saying the Civic Type, the Integra Type S was better than the Civic Type R. It's based off the Civic Type R. It's made by Acura. That video, for somebody that has nothing, did like 9,000 views. Like people just thought, and it was like the most comments because it was the comments of people going back and forth about what they feel in their opinion. And in the video... I got a bunch of people that said, hey, you plan that you paste that right saying, hey, this is what I like. It doesn't take away from the other car. The same way if you're talking about a game. I like this game. It doesn't take away from the other game. My preference lies here. If your preference lies over there, we all win. There's no mm -hmm. like you might have a jab here or there just to have fun, but you're never you're never bashing the person. I'm never taking them out of the context of what it is that they're doing. I'm saying this is what I prefer. And even on the even when the pricing came out, I did a short on the pricing. I was like, I think it came out. It was like fifty two thousand. People thought it was gonna be like forty eight or something. And I made a video saying, "Yo, my bad. This thing costs a ton of money." Because in the video, I said I think it's gonna be forty seven to forty eight. So I cut that part out, and then did like you know edit where it's like a record scratch. And I came back and I was like, "We were all wrong." And so that to me was. That was a moment where I was like, okay, this is fun because, see, I'm talking about something that's interesting, but I'm also playing into what I said, what my opinion is, and then kind of letting the public take it and run. Like, y'all have your opinion. 
I don't even care if somebody's against what I said. I'll still go and make a comment and kind of like basically acknowledge what they're saying. I've had people come in there and say, oh, this is dumb. You should have just said this. And I'll say, hey, you're right. You know, you can always say different things, but here's what I'm going to do. You know, like I acknowledge what you're saying, but I'm going to go over. Now, obviously, you still get the ridiculous people that want to say whatever they want to say. And you could just ignore that or, you know, delete the comment. Like, oh, you're out of here. Who cares? But the whole point of the channel is to show somebody that looks like me in these spaces because there are none and there shouldn't be this big of a separation considering our demographic and how much they buy when it comes to cars and how much we love cars and how much we talk and do stuff about it i'm like there is nobody reviewing cars like look like me like this is kind of crazy and I'm in it deep enough to see the instances where I do see somebody on Instagram or somebody. There's a gentleman called Forest Reviews. Yeah, Forest Reviews. It's a black gentleman. He has really crazy hair, but he does all he does is shorts because his story was how he was doing long form car reviews and it wasn't working. And for some reason, he started doing shorts and them things blew up. Like he hit all his do like nine, 10 million, three million, two million. Now, granted, I do want to know like how he does with his channel because you get all this back and forth about shorts. It's good, it's bad, it's good, it's bad. And he only does shorts, but he does them well. Like, and he has a he has a videographer. Like he's not doing on his own. Like when he's doing the shots in one minute, he's explaining the car. Now I've watched him, and there so this is how much of a deep dive I'd be doing on people's channels. He is a part of a group of four other people that do stuff on cars that copy the same format and they're all in California. There's a woman that's called like car mom who does minivans and SUVs. There's Mm -hmm. another gentleman that does car reviews similar to him, but he does more POV car drives. Like he puts a GoPro on his head and drives his car. There's another gentleman that kind of gears more towards trucks. And there's a fourth one. I forgot what he does. There might only be three. Every one of them does their shorts the same way. So the shorts start off and they're walking towards the car and they'll say, he's quick. He always uses his hands to him about the points to say, this car has 18 inch wheels, this inch and this engine. He jumps inside. It has Android autoplay, autoplay, carplay, Android auto, leather. See, like he runs through the stuff quick. He jumps in like he does everything in one minute, covers the car for the basics of things. He even does a quick drive video where he's like in this car to zero to 16, three seconds. And he just takes off video cuts. It's actually it's perfect for the format because you're like, oh, you're just cutting straight to the point. The lady that does the minivan, she does the same thing. She does the same thing with SUVs. And so I started watching her channels and realized, I'm like, you know, all these channels got the same format. I'm like, these are like the same people. They got to live in the same area. Here's what's funny. I followed the dude on Instagram. One day he posted a picture of him at a birthday party. Who's at the table? All them people. I'm like, I knew it. I'm like, I was watching their video so much. I was like, this format. I know what they're doing. They figured out the game or the algorithm for the shorts on cars. And they're not going to, and like, I'm talking down to the camera angles, how it follows their hand, how it moves with them. I'm like, oh, I see what's going on. I'm like, this all makes sense. It's cool to see. Like when you realize that you're looking at something like, okay, your guys are doing a certain format. The other people doing long form. And I'm like, all right, where does car quicks fit in all this? I'm like, how do I get in to where they're at? And the first thing I said, I was like, well, another method that people do for car reviews is to go to car dealerships and essentially ask them to review their car. Now, that is fine. 
right? You can go to any car dealership, ask them, hey, can I just look over your car? I want to shoot something for content. And you might get something that'll push you back, but you know, it's get all your no's and you'll finally get your yes, right? That's what mm-hmm. Tall Guy Cars you did ultimately. He started going to dealerships back and back saying, I want to shoot your car. There's a guy that does it too, but you can always, I can tell he's shooting it at dealerships because when he shouts out the dealership and he's really fast is how he's talking. I like the format to a degree. He gets a lot of views, so it works for his his group. But I don't like it because it removes a creative aspect, right? What happens is if I'm at car dealerships, there's only so far, and I don't mean how far you can go with driving the car, but how you're going to talk about the car and what you're going to do because you're kind of beholden to time. It's inventory at a dealership, meaning somebody's going to come and buy this car. And you're not given the same freedoms you are when you're at like a press event where they're like the manufacturers, like go and drive the car. Tell us what you think. A dealership is going to be like, that's cool. You can talk about the car, but you're going to talk about it in a very kind of a silo way. Right. So he talks about it from a perspective of you're going to go buy the car. He's like, here's a window sticker. Here's how much it costs. This is what the car does. Sometimes he does a test drive literally in the parking lot. Like I see him just go around the circle and I'm like, all right, they ain't gonna let him drive it on the street. Sometimes he drives on the street, but it kind of changes it because you know, you're kind of driving a car that somebody's going to come and buy. Right. So you can't, oh, you can't do too much with it because you might get comments saying, oh, you're, you're, you know, driving the engine in the car too hard. Somebody's going to come and buy it, whatever it may be. That format is fine. I've thought about doing it. Who knows? Maybe I will. But I was like, let me do the podcast part first because that's easy. And that kind of introduces the personality and the stuff that I like to talk about. And then eventually it's going to work its way towards that point because see Matt fair and smoking tire first were doing car reviews on people's personal cards. They modified and changed in the California Hills. Then the podcast came. I'm going, I'm doing a podcast because I could talk about the stuff in the news, give my opinion on it, and then I'm going to work my way to that point because I've already done one review, quote unquote, from the perspective of me owning a car that everybody wants to drive now. So I hang out with the people in those crews and groups, and they're like, hey, I saw your video. I like what you did. All the comments are like, hey, I like what you did because you talked about it from a real perspective. It wasn't so commercialized. I don't know commercialized that's a good way yeah that or scripted like you know Mm -hmm. i'm writing this down because i don't really write anything down when it comes to like how i'm doing the podcast episodes i write bullet points Mm -hmm. i don't want to i don't write all the talking points i just write bullet points and say hey i'm talking about this i'm talking about this so my goal is to have the podcast and also get to doing stuff like reviewing on cars and doing it my way one thing i'm probably going to do is one of these days i'm probably going to wait until i see something that i want to review or do that's like on toro or something i'm going to rent it i'm going to pay the money to rent it and i'm going to do the video how i want because it'll at least afford me the entire day or two to figure out how i want to do this format how i want to do it and so that's that's the first thing i'm waiting for i'm waiting for i want a certain car to show up there and then i'm going to go and do it as i said i'm going to review this thing i'm going to talk about what it's like to have this car and own it and then i have more freedom to see okay, this format works. I like doing it this way because all it takes is you to start doing something consistently. And that, and that was my whole thing when I started the channel was like, be consistent. I was like, it doesn't matter if you have one view, two, three, four, 20 million, be consistent. I was like, because 
if people can start seeing you over and over, they'll just come, they'll come back. Maybe they don't subscribe the first 20 videos they see of you. But a lady I was listening to that had a TED talk talked about the ups and downs, the valleys and the peaks that you're in. It's like the peak could be first on your channel. You drop down to a valley where you're not getting that many subs. Some people never make it out of there. They get stuck there mentally and they don't do anything else. Maybe you make it out of there. You have a peak. A video goes kind of viral or you get a lot of views and it comes back down. And she was sh saying all these things that have to say. However, if you stayed the course, you realize that you're still going up, even though you're going like this. Some uh -huh. people stop. And when you pull out the picture, she's like had a view where she like panned it, panned back and said, you were just as close to making it to the top of like peeking over where it could really just take off because you stopped too soon. You, you never you never went to go see. So I first wanted to make sure I'm doing something I like to do on my own time, paid or unpaid. That was uh -huh. the first thing. I didn't want to start something where I'm trying to chase, like you said, chasing memes, dreams, and something else that everybody wants to do. And I'm like, no, I'm doing something I like to do. And so that was how the channel started. And so since then, I'm just like, all right, consistently. One, I need to write down a schedule because I can do it consistently, but it's not in my head as a schedule. But the point is, I'll follow the news. I'll look at certain things. I'll look at what people are talking about. In the middle of doing that, I have my own car where I do these side videos that I feel more, that are purposely more personal. That mm -hmm. is that's working good well because the podcast stuff is shot with this backdrop, how it looks. But then it'll be a video about me putting something on the car and it's more of a personal. I might be outside sweating, you know, towel on my head. I'm like, listen, I'm out here. And but people are like, hey, I love these way these videos look because it feels it's more personal. It feels like you're really, you know, you're a real person. I was like, yeah, everything doesn't have to be overproduced. It doesn't have to be, you know, flames out the side and just like all this stuff that you can't normally do as a channel. And that's the thing, like so many channels have paid videographers, editors that it's impossible to keep pace. You're not going to do it. But there is something to be said when you mentioned like Casey Neistat. I actually do. The, another reason why I was doing this now is because I realized people don't realize that he was so big because. Bro, his videos were shot on his own. He did them. Now, he's very good at what he does. So he knew how to do tricks and stuff like that. But people liked his vlogs because it felt like you were really there. Like, I'm standing there with you. Now things have become so produced. It's like, okay, am I looking at a vlog or am I looking at something that's been created? Is this really a prank? It's probably not. Half this stuff is fake. You probably did. Like, you know, nothing has a real feeling. Car YouTube has more of a real feeling because you're either working on a piece of machinery or equipment where you really can't fake this. Like I'm either doing this on the car or I'm not doing, it. I'm either driving this car or I'm not driving it. But outside of the very big personalities that have massive channels, there is so much underneath that works. Well, I follow when it comes to like car vlogging, there is a gen there's car vlogging, then there's car reviews and podcasts, two separate, two totally different things. The car vlogging is, like I said, people with their personal car doing their thing with their stuff. I follow a guy called Mike Mike, black kid out of Oakland, California. Another one called Fresh Kicks. He's also in California as well, too. Both of the channels have like 350,000 subs apiece. So in the scheme of like the Matt Ferris or the TJ Hunts and stuff like that, they're small because those channels have like 2.5 million. But I love their channels because it proves 
Like you can just do this off of that. It has nothing to do with the amount you have, especially when people try to talk about how much money you can make on it. And I'm like, the numbers that you normally have don't add up the same because there's all the stuff like RPM, CPM, all this stuff. Like you'll see smaller channels like, no, I'm doing fine. I only got a hundred thousand cells, but I make a living off this. And you're like, how? I thought you had to have, I thought it was only $1 per 1000 views. I'm like, yeah, it's not, that's not how that works exactly. <laughs> you know, like there's a difference in it. So I watch their channels to see somebody that looks like me. There's another kid called Zosh. He's in, he's in Florida. Same thing, car vlogging channel. He does it on his car, stuff he's working on, racing. There's another guy I follow who lives in California who moved to Japan. His name is Eot, and he's the same way. Not, not a black gentleman or anything, but his channel's smaller, two, 300,000 subs, but he's in Japan. And his like a car vlog. But I kind of bring all that. I literally have been seeing all that stuff for years, and I'm like trying to bring it together. I'm like, okay, I got it. I could talk on camera. I could speak about a subject. I can also go work on my car and do that. There are many things that people will not do. I, Andre has really encouraged me and said, well, you can do all of it. Like you can do a lot of this stuff that most will not do. So you might as well just try it. Like what's the worst that can happen? It either works or it doesn't work. But I also realized that the time has been short. Like sometimes you look and you're like, oh, I have 500 subs. I'm like, like oh, I wish I had more. But then you have to think like, dude, you only been here since february like nobody knows who you are you have more views and you have the subs but that's the thing is every view doesn't mean a sub because i watch a plenty of videos on youtube that i'm not sub to somebody's channel and it's not because you don't want to it's just sometimes you might only see it one time and then you might see a few and then you might almost subscribe i like what they're doing you know like it just takes so it takes that consistency i've subscribed to channels where i'm so late to the game i'm going back i'm like when are they doing this i'm like oh i'm on episode 40 <laughs> i'm like i don't even know like who this person was so it so far has been great i mean i like how it's fun for me i like looking at the analytics of the youtube studio stuff too even if it's small little things if it's small little gains it's still like i keep getting surveys like is this studio thing helping you because i've heard i've seen videos of people saying discouraging them because they look at their analytics and they'll be like, you're down 103% over the last 28 days. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, no, nah. I mean, like, that doesn't do anything. I mean, as long as I'm, we're going this direction, however long it takes, you're going the right direction. That's just all. That's that's the whole thing. You're going the right direction. If you stop, then you never know what it could be, even if it takes five, 10 years. I mean, we're too busy worrying about stuff blowing up within a brief amount of time. 30 days in, people are like, yo, there's a channel that got a million subs in 30 days. I'm like, he probably did some viral prank or some meme. And the reality is, is that what that person really wants to do? Because I've seen plenty of channels that has some video hit like 10 million subs. They got like 50,000 out the door and they hit 100,000 like two weeks later, then 200,000. And then their channel is flat on his face because what they were doing, they don't really want to do. They try to like, do what they want to do. Like, hey, guys, we're going to do a normal day vlog. People are like, yeah, nah, get back to the pranks. You know, like, and I'm like, they didn't, that's because that was a real prank and they can't keep doing that to people they know. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that's, <laughs> that's a problem. But no, other than that, like, I love it. It's been fun. It's, I mean, I use your channel too. Stuff like how, long you've been doing it and the same thing that consistency i'm sure you have plenty of people saying like nah it's the saturated mad people talking about games and stuff and i'm like i haven't seen a single channel talking to voice actors 
at all. Now I might see some more. I feel like I've seen a few now, and I'll be like, I know where some of this came from because that was not a thing. Nobody no. cared who was the voice of whoever on any game at all. Because I've seen you do, I've seen episodes of yours as a person surprised, even they're like, I didn't even know people cared. And they're actually happy to be on there to talk about. It. They're like, I don't have anybody to talk to this about. Like, who I didn't think anybody cared about me being a voice actor for a character on a game. I'm like, funny enough, that's as big of a deal as the character itself. So, I've actually, you know, even with even with that, like, um, yeah, because you were you were there when I started doing YouTube. And it's, it's crazy, like, looking back on it, when I did start interviewing voice actors and such, literally, that wasn't a thing at all. And a no. lot of the stuff that I've seen now, I'm not to be arrogant, I'm like, damn, I feel like a lot of that's kind of copying my format a little bit. Because, <laughs> like, yeah. I had to fig- figure that out on the go. And it's, it's crazy because, like, I'll have instances where people will be like, you know, how are you this small, but you're getting these guests on? Or I've even had instances where I've gotten other content creators on that are bigger. And they're like, oh, how much did you pay this voice actor to come on? I'm like, I didn't pay him at all. I know. Well, that's the thing is, it's small. It's, we've definitely been jaded as society in general when it comes to successes yeah. and what they look like, right? You can have a channel with 25,000 subs. But, oh, you, you know, you, you got you still have a small channel. And I'm like, small to what? Have you ever stood in front of 25,000 people that were looking and listening to you? That would mean you're at a festival bigger than you've ever seen. Which, if that were the case, if you pulled back and said, hey, I'm doing a podcast, 25,000 people sitting in front of me talking, folks would be like, yo, that's a monster success. Who the heck are you? <laughs> How'd you get to Hundo? How'd you get a thousand people to show up and listen to you talk about what? So if you're looking at your channel and he's like, hey, this last episode got 1,500 views. I'm like, oh, that's kind of small. I'm like, is it? I'm like, because if you were in a room with 1,500 people listening to what you had to say about a topic, I don't think anybody walking in in the back would be like, look at this trash. This man, <laughs> no success. Look, You would be like, man, there's a thousand people in here listening to this person talk. Who is he? I'm going to sit here and talk. I'm going to sit here and listen. But YouTube sometimes can be such a microscope, like a, it can be a microscope to like, oh, you're small because Mr. Beast's last video did 190 million views. And you're like, yo, that's not even like, that's not even realistic to aim for. I mean, that's just in another, he's not even in the conversation. You're talking about, you know, the 99% of everybody else and the 1% of him. Like, this is not the same conversation that we're in. And you shouldn't be compared to that as far as what you're successfully doing. You still have thousands of people tuning in across all your channels to what you're saying. That's not a unsuccessful thing. It's not small either. I mean, small if you want to compare everything to a number. Your house is small compared to somebody with a mansion. Are you unhappy with your house? Yeah, I got 3,000 square feet. Yo, but it's small because I know somebody got 50,000. I'm like, what are we talking about? It's still a big house. Like, what, like, what do you mean? You, you're you comparing it to stuff that's just not relevant to like, what we're doing here. Even with channels that are bigger than you, if they're bigger than yours, you're talking about they have 100,000 subs or 50 or 75. It's like, you're not like, okay, you're bigger, but like, what are you creating stuff that has 
relevance it's memorable does it is it good it's a good content because ultimately the good stuff will rise to the top like if i stay the course you're going to make it to where you're going to make it and even if you don't make it there you're still doing what you want to do like everybody gets too caught up in the opinions of what others say i'm doing this because i want to do it if somebody comes along and be like hey man you're never going to review cars like that ever i mean i don't have to tell you i'd be like all right well we're both going to find out <laughs> you know like you're going to find out and i'm gonna find out i was like because the worst case scenario is that they say no. And if they say no, I still can talk. <laughs> like, unless they say you no longer can upload something or you can't talk, like, you still have a voice to speak about it. So it's, I do find it interesting when people talk about size of a channel and where it's at. Cause I'm like, it's really not, it has nothing to do with that. If you don't like what you're doing, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then that doesn't matter. And, and adding on to that, like, instances where I've had like, when I, so this is where I, I'm grateful, first and foremost, that I'm able <laughs> to have a life outside of content creating. Like to me, even though, yeah, this is turned into my full time career, I, I still step away from it because if I don't, then mm -hmm. I, that's, I think. I think was it you that I said it to, or it was someone else I said it to a couple of days ago. Where I'm like, the problem I see with so many content creators across the spectrum that I've met along the, this journey has been that too many of them are chasing that people can take it out. They want, I'm going to say this, they're chasing the white rabbit. They're chasing whatever that mm -hmm. immediate success they either had, they're trying to replicate it or they're chasing mm -hmm. what somebody else did. And by constantly doing that, they lose sight of themselves, why they started doing this and it becomes a mess. Yeah. And it's mm -hmm. just, I've seen so many people like even one, uh, I recently had on, um, uh, the other show that I did, I had him on and, um, I look at his stuff on Twitter. Like he's always tweeting about his metrics. Like, oh, I got this many subs. I got this many people. You know, million uh, over hundred thousand across all platforms. All this other stuff. And then he'll go on to talk about complaining about how come this company doesn't work with me. How come this? Oh, I did this video, it didn't do well, so I need to find something that's trending to latch onto. Or other people I've talked to. Let's use this ex as an example. Final Fantasy Sixteen. The amount of creators I've talked to that either went to that event in LA I went to or mm -hmm. went to the London one and they're saying that oh I need this game to do well so I can ride that for my channel's success and I've said to them if you're at that point you're clinging on to something that may not turn out to be what you want to be and you've lost sight of why you started doing this. Like, this doesn't even sound like if you're constantly, you put out a video, you're stressing about the numbers, either you can wait because a video doesn't always take off immediately. And a lot of people forget that you can put a video up. I, I've done videos where it does cr incredibly crappy for the first day or so and a week later, boom, it took off. A month later, yep. it took off or something, you know, like, okay, like the whole uh, David Hater is coming back to do uh, Solid Snake. Mm -hmm. That, you know, I didn't, in, my interview with him was in 2020. It did okay back then. 
when that announcement came out, now I got Dude, people like, <laughs> you're like, yo, let me put that back on my front page. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I already, but here's the thing it shows the work you do because there are probably people that want, because, and that's the thing. That's why I kind of jokingly say put it back on your front page, but that's true. It's like, take advantage of that moment too, because people are going to try to go back and talk to them now about, hey, our first interview has been a while. And you're like, first interview? What you talking about? I talked to this guy when y'all did not care. Uh-huh. Y'all tossed it to the side and act like it wasn't a big deal. For the voice of Snake. It's a very <laughs> iconic voice. Somehow, nobody wanted to talk to him. But that shows the same type of work. Like, it comes back around. Like, everything, even if it's the consistency of where you're at is what matters. I think people get too caught up in thinking that, like, oh, it's never going to change. Nothing's going to happen. I'm sure every month you see new subscribers come. It's a small uptick. No, it's not. Everybody does it. And not to say those people are doing anything wrong. They have those big things. Sometimes it happens with people like that. All of a sudden they do something. All of a sudden it's 100,000 come showing up out of nowhere. When I was watching that Think Media, that page, they kept talking about that. They said, hey, there are going to be some channels that pop up and do that. That has nothing to do with your journey and what you're doing. If you want to do this, you have to stay the course of what you're doing because that's what matters. Especially if you think about, I'm sure you can look on your channel and probably, because I could tell too, it's like probably two or three years ago is when you your branding and your consistency started like matching the videos. Like you could say like, oh, I know exactly what this person's doing and I can match it to what their name is. Like if they say Mikhail Casanova, you can buy, oh, that's how his videos look. That's how the font is. That's how the graphics are. That's how... That takes, that's years in the making. That's not something that just comes. That comes from you dealing with a bunch of different software early on. Like, see, I had the advantage. My advantage was that I watched enough stuff come and get developed. And now when I pop up, like you said, it is much easier. There's mad technologies out now. There's things like cap. We had a long conversation about that. (laughs) Yeah. There's things like, there's things like cap. There's things like cap cut out now. There's things like using your iPad to edit. I mean, it's way easier. You're talking about five years ago. None of that stuff was there. You really had to learn like Adobe Premiere. I didn't want to touch that. I have it on my computer. I saw it. I was like, uh-uh, nah, <laughs> we're not doing that. And that's why it is easier now. So especially when it comes to shorts, especially when it comes to the way I approach it is my shorts go on channels like TikTok, Facebook, and you know, Instagram, even mm-hmm. though on TikTok, I ran the test to see if anybody actually view a 10 minute video. And there was like a 900 people that did, which I found pretty shocking because I was like, oh, snap. People, I even said a disclaimer, like I'm doing a test to see if any of y'all going to sit here and watch 10 minutes of part of the podcast. And they did. Now, I don't think I will keep doing that because TikTok to me still is not the format for any long form video, even though I know they're trying to do it because it just I mean, when I'm on TikTok myself, I'm like, hmm. You can do that, but it's still not because of the way you swipe to the next video up. It's not the you're not inside of somebody's channel like on Uh YouTube. You can go to their channel. You kind of locked in the playlist will play their next channel. TikTok is like you scroll up and you go to the next thing. Somebody else's channel. So I'm like, eh, 10 minutes is there, but I don't think it really works well. I've seen a few people trying to put a podcast for 10 minutes and I'm like, this ain't going to work. Because one, a podcast to me is hard to have a time limit on it because then it starts being very rigid with how the conversation is going. 
So for me, Instagram is like I'm I'm learning to use Instagram in a way and also use assets I have. Like, see, my car is popular now because I waited a year and a half with nothing to get it. So I don't actually post that many pictures of the car, which is funny because people that post only their car, only that car have bigger followings than I do. And I told myself, okay, you got to start doing better when it comes to this aspect of it. Because now that it's cars and it's shorts on this video, you got to bring in your car and what you're doing. Because it's in your bio. You're talking about the car you have. I know how to take more pictures of it. I'll never think about that. Like, even I'll be at car events. I'm not to take a picture, dude. I'm like sitting there and I'll leave and I'll be like, I didn't take a single picture. <laughs> I'm like, I might like, just because it's all in my head. I just like seeing it and observing. It's just me in my own world. Or if I'm with Zuri, my oldest, and we're just looking at something, not that I want to, I don't want to start shooting. There are channels that only shoot car meets and car shows. I don't want to do that because that gets old fast. There's a dude in Texas that's really big. I think it's, it's like cars over Texas, but all he does is car meets. But that gets tiring. Like, I, it's funny, like in his videos, I could tell he'd be tired. He'd be like, Hey guys, we had another meet. And I'm like, this dude is he is so tired of these <laughs> meets. Yo, I'm like, because there's only so many cars. It's like you're only gonna see at a certain point in time, it's the same people, same Mustang, same Camaro, same super. It's like after a while, you're like, and it's always at night or in the day. And so you're just like, it's tiring. You're chasing your content is based on what the public is doing. And that is where I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I want to be able to do something at any given time, even if there's nothing happening. You can record a podcast or something that you want to shoot a video on, even if there's no news in the game. Like some people's gaming channel is based on massive news happening. So right now, all of them talking about, you know, something with the, the Activision thing or they're talking about big games. And when there's nothing there, they're sitting there like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> what are we gonna do next and so i'm like all right you got to make sure that your podcast can run beyond big car news yeah. like you got to find a place where you can add something to it regardless of if ford is dropping a mustang or if ferrari did something big and if it's small news that's when i shoot a short i'm like okay it's not much to talk about ferrari announced some new car the other day, SF90FX or XX. It's not really that big of news. It's just some really expensive hypercar that's only for the track that you can drive on the street. That's a short. In my head, I'm like, that's a short. Some people I'll see a video, they try to shoot 10 minutes talking about. I'm like, ain't 10 minutes to talk about. It's the car, the motor engine. That to me, that's a short. I'm like, now I might come back around on the podcast and talk about it again, but initially. My format now is what I'm what I'm trying to consistently get down to is kind of like short, short, short video podcast, cool. basically like four days of a short and then a podcast. Then when I get the podcast, take like two or three shorts out of that just off the episode and then kind of call back to the podcast. Basically tell people this came from episode 22. Go back over there and listen to the whole thing. Just some quick. That's why when I shoot the podcast now, I I understood the process of intro. So like when I look at one of the funny things on Think Media, they're like, "Hey, when you look at your analytics, look at the first thirty seconds, see if people still retaining." You know what's funny is that that's not, mine is always at like a hundred percent because I remember them talking about doing intros. So I'll purposely take a point in time where I'm saying either something ridiculous or just being like the first 
like on the last podcast, the first thing I covered in the intro was me talking about the automatic Nismo. And I was saying something like, yo, why would Nissan do something this stupid? And then like I cut to the intro and then it's the podcast. And I'm like, yeah, every single time I get people to stay because I'm doing something in the beginning that you haven't seen. And I want to do that. I want to consistently keep doing it. Like I'm never not putting the intro in there because I think that matters a lot because Mm -hmm. the vlogging style doesn't really do intros, but I think you should. I feel like, I don't know. We do intros on everything like TV shows do Like we always do an intro somewhere. Like we're trying to get you to stay around. It may not be where I'm at in the beginning of the video because, but I want you to just at least stick around. Like give me some time. Even if you fast forward, give me some time to get to that point. Because I'll still gain the viewership and the RPM from it because you're still sticking around long enough. But at least it gives me time to kind of build my way up to what I was talking about. So that's my format now. When we get to the point of like car views, I want that to be a separate thing. But it's going to coincide with the podcast. It's going to be a point where I'm doing a review on the car and then the podcast is talking about that. Like that's it's like a it's like a long more long form like hey we're gonna kind of do a session we're gonna dive into the weeds and give you some more feedback on it and that is something I will because smoking tire matter of fact that's what they do on there their podcast when they talk about a car they actually come back and say hey this is about the pot this is about the car now sometimes they don't because he writes for a car magazine road and track so sometimes he's like go back to road and track to read it which I understand there's money involved there he's not about to like give you everything on his channel when he's being paid by road and track to write a magazine or something there so you say go back there to hear what i'm talking about but that's that's the process i'm on now like the same way i've seen you do for like when games come out you chop up what you're doing you don't just like throw the entire thing out there somebody's like here's the whole game here's a review here's everything and you're like should have chopped that up that was like that's about 10 videos right there you just get you just gave they'll try to upload an hour you're like nah that was not a good idea break that down in 10 minute intervals so you can spread <laughs> this out i mean it seemed like i've seen like all your videos with the steam deck they all do well so nobody's doing stuff on the steam deck because they gave up because they threw their hat in early on about either how bad it was or let's say how great it was and they never come back again you're like you gotta come there's a market of people coming back they might have heard the issues it had they heard they're getting fixed i'm gonna talk about it and they're coming back they want to come back to talk about it. So that's how I'm looking at it now, trying to do that way. And obviously, you still have fun with it. That's why I have props and other things around because I'm like, you still need to enjoy your time. I have the benefit of doing the podcast on my own affords me at least the opportunity to kind of do a little bit more things where I can be a little bit more creative. That's why I said like interviewing is not easy. Because you are talking to someone and you also don't know how the conversation is about to go. And I'm sure you've yeah. had some where you're like, <laughs> you're like, yo, cut, uh, cut like cut camera, and you're like, and you're like, no, that, it's on you. <laughs> and you're like, all right, let me see if I can drive this another direction. Cause you might find out people's opinion about stuff, and you're like, hey, man, not a subject that we want to go over right now. Like, you don't want to do this right now. But like, yeah, I got something I want to get off my chest. You're like, um, Okay, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, I do that. You're like, uh, right now, like, like. <laughs> no, I, I had a voice actress on who's uh pretty big, does like JoJo's Bazaar, and then she was on uh, was it the near Automata game? 
And like people were so hyped for that episode. That was the shortest podcast I've ever done because she did not want to be there. Like, yeah, you could tell she didn't want to talk. I'm asking questions. It's like, yeah, that's cool. And, and I'm over here like, all right. So is there anything you want to leave the audience with before we go? Yeah, like, it's, I mean, there's nothing you can do about that because you and you can't you really can't hold the person against because you don't know what they're going through. You can't dive right. deep into what's going on because you don't know them on that level. So you just have to kind of leave it and be like, hey, listen, it, you know, obviously it's not the greatest interview, but hey, we, we tried. And you just go on to the next thing. I'm sure you get comments but like, yo, you messed that up. You should have did better. And you're like, listen, what do you want me to do? Tell her, do better. Like, you just got to let that stuff go and go on to the next thing. You're like, I got other content I can shoot. Like, this is not the end all be all. Like, this is just yeah. one of certain things I'm doing. I got more to do. So, uh, something else I want to dive into. And hopefully, I'm not eating up too much of your time. But I want to talk I about... I got a little the... bit of time left. I'll be honest. Because I have to go. Right. I need to eat something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I want to talk about, like... Uh, I want to touch on something you talked about earlier. You brought up about not seeing a lot of folks in the spheres that look like us. Which is true. There isn't a lot. And it's... When you see these, like, if you go to events, be it tech, gaming, cars, whatever, like you say, you see a lot of same folks look a certain way. And the interesting thing is there's so many initiatives right now with so many industries where they're trying to support minority creators like us, especially black mm -hmm. creators. And the problem is, from what I've observed, I'm curious of your input on this as well, but from what I've observed, there's... A lot of us are very intimidated by starting. I know we talked about that in great detail. Mm -hmm. And there's also not seeing anyone that looks like us. That's you know, also be a deterrent. But I'm just, you know, if, if you're one to get into this, just start, start somewhere. Because yeah. I can tell you from the business part of it, I'm talking to the PR folks in various industries. They are looking to give us the opportunities because one, they kind of have to, there's a quota they have yeah. to meet. They have That's to meet true. that. Two, anyone who's thinking like, you know, oh, this company won't work with me because of my size or this beak and this ties into something you said earlier about, you know, folks paying for the boss or not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've had a lot of conversations. I'm actually doing another podcast, uh, right after this one with one of the head PR folks at Microsoft and uh, for the, the Xbox side of it. And it's like the thing that they're running into is that with the big name folks, it's just a billboard. They're not going to hit particular demographics that say Xbox or Sony or Nintendo are trying to get into. Like if you have a unique approach, you got it. A good message that you're getting now, however you get it out, companies want to work with you. If you reach out, they want to, they're always like, if you go on Twitter, a lot of the PR folks are like, Hey, I need an email in your bio. I need, I want to mm -hmm. work with you. And a lot of people just don't jump on that opportunity because they're caught in this mindset of it was too late. I should have started 2015, should have started 2010 or wherever. No, you start yeah. now, you start now, mm -hmm. you build. And whatever happens, yep. happens. You know? That's the Achilles heel for a lot of people. Is you look at somebody's channel and they go to the about page and be like, when did they start? 
in like 2012. You'd be like, girl, I'm 11 years late. Like I wasn't even thinking about that in 2012. <laughs> but 2023 will turn into 2033. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Like it's so you're gonna blow 10 years because of one, people get caught up in age. They always think YouTube's a young person's game. We're like, I get it. Manufacturers and companies and all that, they always gear towards the young field because they're trying to get the next generation to continue going because it's a money play, right? So we're like, hey, we want them to come along. So we got the, the youth, the young kids, the youth. If you actually sit back and look at who is in front of these companies, they're older than me. You mm-hmm. know, the comp- some of these people that are writing for magazines, some of the people that are shooting YouTube videos are in their mid 40s, late 50s. And they keep going. Some of the best people that we looked up to when it comes to car designers and drivers, like they're they're much older. You look at entertainment, like actors and stuff, they're much older. You look at directors, you look at video game designers. These are older people because you have to have life experiences in order to create something that's good enough for people to start gravitating towards. You're not just going to be a 10 year old. just like, you know what? You know what I just wrote the other day? I wrote Star Wars. Like, come on. Like, you need you need life experiences in order to do some of this stuff and also to have wherever your personality is going to go. And so it's not to discourage you. Like, I always hear people say, oh, it's too late. It's all that. But I hear a lot of times I listen to financial podcasts or life podcasts, and they always talk about if you're still here, you have time. You don't have time when you're not here, unfortunately. And a lot of that does drive me because it tells you, like, okay, we get caught up in like, oh, I should have did it this time and this time. But then you hear some tragic story and people are talking about how they didn't have enough time or they didn't or they didn't think about the time that they did have or they get too caught up in thinking about what other people believe or think when in reality, nobody's really thinking about you. Nobody yeah. cares that much. You think they do. They don't. You make a video, you say something wrong. Nobody really cares. The next day they're on to something else or the next hour, something else is going to happen. Nobody cares that much. So you can keep doing what you're doing. Just keep doing it. Like the the stuff that people resonate towards is somebody who's confident in themselves. They don't care about what another person's saying. It doesn't matter if you're the greatest speaker, the greatest looking person, the worst looking person, the best dress. None of that matters. People just want different voices. And so when I do the car stuff, I realize I have the power to be a different voice. I'm not the Uh same. Don't look the same. I don't say the same thing. I don't act the same. That is part of the allure. I could come in and and record my videos identical to how I've seen them done. That's why I talk about when I get to car reviews, that's an important aspect and why I haven't rushed to do it yet because I'm studying what they're doing. I see how they do their formats. For the bigger channels, I understand how they stay in that format because it's a winning formula. You're not really going to change your recipe. So I'm a new restaurant. I can be the fusion restaurant that pops up that people are like, hey, it's very popular. But I'm not, the established ones aren't going to change their recipe now. They already got their clientele. They're there. That would be dumped at that stage. But hey, guess what, guys? We're going to change. We're going to flip this upside down right now. They're going to say, this was a bad idea. Plenty of channels have tried it on the sake of trying to be, you know, ahead of the curve, so to speak. And it hasn't worked in their favor. And so for me, what I look at is you have a chance to do something that you want to do at a fresh perspective, add something new to it and have fun with it. Like the car vlogging and doing car modification and parts, that's kind of already been done. And that's always done by an individual who is being themselves on the video. 
But the podcasting, the car review part is where probably I feel most of my impact is about to come because that is where there is a very rigid or there's a formula there. Introducing that one and coming something different is where most of the effort is, is going because I can put, pick up the camera, record like a vlog style or you do something on your car has been done. And time and time again, everybody who's doing that is being themselves on the camera. It's a lot different when you review a car because you are doing it by a script. Sometimes you are doing it by what the production is. And if you're doing a podcast, most of the time, any car podcast is safe. The ones I mentioned is either doing a certain format or formula and there's no space for anything else. I listen to enough podcasts to know that there are multiple thousands that do well, that talk about relationships, finances, real estate, random entertainment podcasts, comedy. Pod- so there's room for everything. But if I go to the car one, I realize that it's kind of empty. There's there's not as much for what I'm looking for, what I'm talking about. And I also like solo podcasts because I listen to a guy called Ben Baller podcast. His is a solo, except he interviews people here and there. But I like the solo ones because sometimes you just want to hear somebody's opinion, see them talk about it, and then be done and get out of there. Will I interview people or do something later on? Possibly there's a there is a person there's somebody that had a channel where they're talking to people that had very well-known modified cars the podcast called mod it was actually one of the best ones i'd heard because i don't know why they stopped either because what they were doing was they were interviewing it's like how you're interviewing voice actors they see the character they hear the voice they like the voice they don't know who's doing it you see the car on Instagram, you follow the page, you don't know who owns it. You don't know what journey they went through to get the car to that point. He was interviewing the owners and he was getting a backstory about like, oh, how did you do this? How long did it take? How much money did you spend? Like, what did you have to go through to get to? And I thought it was the best thing is that they just stopped. Like back in 20, I think the last episode was last year in like April. And like they never did another one. I'm just like, what happened? I'm like, y'all <laughs> were on. A, I mean, even a comments are like, this is some of the because he would say. He would give their Instagram before and hey, hey, go check out his page while we're talking. And you would see the car. I'm like, oh, seven, we're talking to the guy that drives this car. I follow this page. I've seen it a bunch of times. Now I get to hear the story about how he built this. It's kind of like how Guy Rice says how I built this. Now imagine that. On, so for the car people, it's like on cars. Like, how did you do this? Let's talk to you about it. And they stopped doing it. And But that showed me. I'm like, oh, they were on to something. And so that tells me about my own journey. It's like if you're on to something. You may not realize you're on to something. Everybody else might be your fans, the people that keep downloading your podcast, even if it's only like 100 people. They're probably sitting there like he's on to something. Just don't stop. Like <laughs> You know what I mean? So that's, pr- I mean, hey, we'll see. This is just, just the beginning. It's only July. And it's, I mean, it feels like <laughs> it's a long time, but then you got to remember, like, my whole point is I have to come back in a year and see, and like, see what I did. And in the beginning, it's slow because I've, that's one thing I've read too. People like, you get to a thousand, you get monetized, but they're like, really, that's the hardest point because you're trying to convince people who have no idea who you are. I've have heard that once you get to a certain threshold and point, it does get easier for people to start subscribing because they see other people there. You know, if there's a thousand or two thousand people, but like, okay, I'll sub because there's people, there's other people here. It's a lot different when people open the door. Let's say if you're like I said, the analogy I said was you talking to a crowd. If I open a door to the room and they say, Hey, you should go in that guy's talking about something really important, he has a real good perspective on that topic. And you open the door and see three people in there, you're gonna be like, please, I'm out. But if you open the door and you see 500 sitting there, you're gonna say, I'll stick around. Let's see what it's talking about. You see more people, you'd be like, oh, I'm in. 
then it's the same thing. So I look at subscribers like that. Maybe not everybody else does, but I do. That's that's what's up, man. So uh, before we go, yeah. quick hits. Two quick, two uh, quick questions. One, what we got you going to the game awards. <laughs> you want to go to the game awards? I thought I about you, it. Man. I thought about I- it. We might have to talk about that off mic. I thought about it. <laughs> I saw, I thought, saw it, and I was like, "That means you know, E 3s dead." <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, dead, dead. If this wasn't, this wasn't, uh, this was definitely the f- nail in the coffin. I don't know how they're bringing that back. It ain't happening. I thought, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I am thinking about it. Okay, we, we can talk about that offline. <laughs> <laughs> Because, yeah, I, I'm going this year. So I'm like, and I don't want it to be another experience, kind of like my trip to L.A. for Square Enix, where I knew folks, <laughs> but like in the sense of, you know, like you casually know them because you talk to them yeah. online. Like a lot of these people I'd never met in person. And that's another thing. Everybody, a lot of people. Everybody's standoffish. Yeah, dude. It's super clickish, dude. Like that was. That was a, you know what, if I didn't know the PR folks, I know that like for other companies, I just linked up with them instead of just being at that event, that would have been the worst thousand dollars I spent to go. <laughs> yeah, that, I can that, understand that. That I got this, you know, this is my copy. Oh, you had a bad experience. Here's a jacket for you. Oh, this person had, <laughs> you know what, we're going to send this person a whole collector's edition. And then, yeah. Yeah. So that, that, yeah. But yeah no, um, I want to go. Yeah, we should. I should think about that. Yeah, that that'll be fun. Because especially considering that it, this is probably this type of thing is dying. So if people ain't showing up, then next, you know, as the years go on, they're gonna be like, "Listen up, guys. We tried. Stream it on YouTube. Have fun." <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's one. Other question is: Are we bringing back tech, etc.? <laughs> <laughs> I have been. I have been. That has been on my head. It has been. I have been thinking about it because I listen to a few tech podcasts right now. <laughs> I think the main one, I don't see, I don't want to talk about them because some of the, it's just how they are. It's, like, I listen to Waveform. I love Marquez Brownlee. I love his videos. I don't know if it's their tone, but everybody on that podcast, even there, I can tell they're doing this at the end of the day or the beginning of the day because they're like very. It's like they are the most relaxing voice they have. They're like, hey, guys, we're going to talk about the Apple Vision Pro. I'm like, Whoop. I'm like, can somebody wake up? <laughs> I'm like, they don't sound tired. It's just a weird. I know it's their voice. It's just a weird thing for me. My mind, I'm always like, why do they talk so softly? Or there's not enough sense stress. There's not. Yeah. Then there's Vergecast. Listen to that. Vergecast is kind of cool. I listen to like Xbox podcasts. There's Ryan McCaffrey. I listen to a few of them. It's still, I don't know. It's just not like it just doesn't, it misses something. And I'll go back to what we did. And I'm like, say, going back to what I said before, I know we were on to something. And I know we're still on to something because the name isn't being used nowhere. And I know what people are talking about. And I know how they talk about it. And I know how they approach it and what they think about it. I talk to people about cars and how I'm passionate about it. And then they, I tell them I work in IT and they're like, what do you mean? Like, it doesn't <laughs> match what you're talking, like how you 
get you're bouncing between all these you know ideas so i do we're gonna have to figure out a schedule on it but no i'm not i'm not opposed to bringing that back because there needs to be some other perspective on this tech stuff plus listen if I save up enough and get this Apple Vision Pro, I'm gonna be on camera with that joint on my forehead. Okay, <laughs> talking major smack. I'm talking major trash. Everybody talking about it as a waste of money. I'm being there, head on my face. Okay, if we save up and get both, we're both gonna be recording. Like, what, what's up, guys? It's an Apple Vision Pro pod, and <laughs> they're gonna be like, <laughs> they're gonna be like, yo, these are some fanboys. I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, but no, it needs to. Yeah, we need to talk about a schedule on that because I've I've thought about it a bunch of times. I've been like, he needs to use a tech one again because I don't have I don't you think I don't talk to you about car stuff? Tech stuff don't come up even at work because IT stuff is totally in perspective. Like you start bringing up though, it's just not the same, especially with people that can't have fun with it. I don't want to, you know, like we said, we didn't want we can get technical if you want to, but that's not. I'm not about to dive into the weeds of who's whatever the 14th gen Intel chip is doing. I'm gonna be like, guys, that's not what we're here for. Yeah, it's better than the next one, but like, come on now. But I also feel like it's a good time because there's exciting stuff coming, especially with phones, VR stuff. To, like, there's cool stuff coming. Like, we're getting real close. And especially considering that we like talking about games and stuff like that, it does marry the two together. That's what the et cetera part does come in. So, yeah, we need to find the schedules to do that. <laughs> it can happen. I'm I'm ready for to do it. I will do it. I will come back and be like, yo, this, we're firing this thing back up again. We're cutting up shorts. We're talking about this stuff because, yeah, there's there's subject matters that we know we can go off on. Even if it's not the opinion that everybody wants, but just one that we have and saying, like, listen, this is what we want to talk about. This is what we do. Y'all don't have to. And again, none of y'all look like us. So I'm 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 one up <laughs> okay on that because <laughs> I'm I follow the tech side, I follow the game side. Half the time, honestly, a lot of it is just one podcast I listen to very consistently because they are funny, is called it's like an Xbox podcast they do every Tuesday by a guy named Dealer Gamer, Dealer Gaming. But I listen to it because it's all these are all like grown men, but they'd be hilarious in there because they will just be talking junk and just do whatever they want. And they always say that they're like, listen, we are not about to we ain't sugarcoat nothing. When Microsoft messes up, they'd be on their head. And they've had people like Aaron Greenberg on there talking with them and developers. And they're like, listen, we don't sugarcoat nothing. Like they mess something up. We're going to talk about them and all this other stuff. So. Yeah, man. We got to figure out a schedule. All right. Cool. That's cool. all. So anything you want to leave the audience with before we go? Floor is yours. You know, listen, I'm terrible at telling people to like and subscribe, but that's what you need to do. Okay. <laughs> go to the car. Okay, listen, car, if you want car news information, the Car Quicks channel is where it's at. Car Quicks, simple. It's floating behind me. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. That's where I'm recording stuff. It's just starting news podcast. You can do the audio side because I once I do the video, I just upload the audio to straight Apple Podcasts. Go on there, leave a comment, like, follow along. That's it. I mean, listen, this is a this is just the beginning. So most of this journey is just you're just boarding the plane. Okay, we got a long flight and a long way to go. But that's the whole. That's the fun. The fun is a journey, 
if I was already at the end, I wouldn't be doing none of this. So that's the fun part about it. So join along, find the channels, watch, interact. You'll see one every week. I'm not I'm not falling victim to telling you I upload every day. I see mad channels play themselves like that. No, you will not get upload every day. You will get one <laughs> at least a week. You'll get some shorts. I'm not. Listen, I learned that lesson about looking at the channels like every day a new upload. Uh, uh-uh. That's not even realistic. You bring but, your audience yeah. out doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, join us, you know, follow my channels on there. And yeah, there'll be more to come. You might. Might see us again with tech, etc. You never know. This is all it's all about the comeback. <laughs> all right. And with that being said, folks, it's another uh episode. Actually, collaboration. I forgot I did the collaboration of yeah. my two shows. Cause I'm like, why not? I want this on both both shows. So yeah. uh collaboration for Castano Podcast and Decked Up tech and gaming podcast had a blast having my good friend mr biggs back on the show i haven't called you mr biggs in a while oh even though we, <laughs> we cut the, even though we cut this podcast this thing is gonna be chopped up multiple- <laughs> it's okay <laughs> like some of y'all got it easy and you're complaining you ain't got no kids or wives and all that you're like i can't do it i don't want to hear it okay <laughs> like <laughs> So, yeah, you can catch this episode on uh, all major podcasting outlets. And uh, if you want to watch the video format, we got a video on YouTube. So YouTube.com slash Nova. also available on Spotify for video mm-hmm. format. We're on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. See, I know it's time to go. I hear my kid. She yes. like, <laughs> we're both in the same boat like folks is hungry it's like yo it's time to bounce right hey, it was good talking with you we'll be back again you're gonna see you're gonna see me and him again trust me we're gonna For be back real. doing this so all that right being then. said make sure y'all follow him on all his platforms i'm gonna leave everything in the description down below show him some love and uh yeah you're definitely gonna see more of us doing something like this again because i'm definitely feeling good about that but uh, yeah. that being said, we'll catch y'all on the next one. Stay safe, be blessed, and uh, we'll see y'all around. See ya. All for your time for listening to this episode of the Casanova Podcast and One Podcast in Hawaii. If you found this episode to be incredibly enjoyable, informative, or if there's anything you gain from it or any yeah. insight or, you know, anything that's good that you really, really enjoy, make sure whatever platform you're listening to it on, or if you're watching it, leave a comment if that's available on the platform, like it, share it around with someone you think would enjoy it, and give us some feedback because your feedback is exactly what we need to keep this show going and if you're wondering what are some ways that you could support the show we got various ways we've got patreon we have channel memberships over on youtube as well as subscribe star coffee and so much more links for everything will be in the description of the podcast so make sure you go check that out and with all that being said i hope you have an aloha rest of your day let them know that i'm next level i'm a whole new kind of guy at the top spot in case you forgot we the ones that got the black hot bullet got the shot